We are back, finally. Long break. Well, I, maybe we were off for like two weeks or something, Caleb. I don't, I don't remember for sure. I think about two weeks. About two weeks. Um, week and a half. Sorry. We, let, we had so much momentum. We let you guys down. Uh, no, but we're back with a banger today with a strong man of God. But first, if you haven't seen the show before, the Created Curious podcast is all about exploring everything in creation and trying to dissect uh, the subtle nuances of how we should live our everyday lives. And we believe the chief purpose of our lives is to glorify God. So we're literally walking through together through conversations to figure out how to glorify God because I'm not an authority figure, but I'm curious and I want to explore ideas. So today on the show, I have Ryan Jones, the one, the only. (laughs) Um, part-time SWAT team, yep. man of God, husband, um, father dad, of four. father of four boys, and a detective with a focus on f- federal gang task force. Yep. So you're s- solving or stopping organized crime. It's the goal. Yeah. But you're led by the Holy Spirit. I have to be. Yeah. That's. So, because I just kind of want to jump right into the meat of it. Sure, let's go. Okay, and and you said nothing's off off the table. It's true, yeah. <laughs> okay, so so you you've had to pull the trigger before. Correct. Yeah. And you are a child of God that you you are submitted to the will of God. You you receive God's peace on a daily basis. I'm personally not made in such a way where I would be a, be mentally stable after something like that. What keeps you sane or able to like go to bed at night after doing something like that? I know you've talked about it before, but talk about what justifies a, a Christian or a believer to take another person's life. Sure, man. It's uh, it's, it's, you know, it's the, the whole law enforcement as a whole is, is a tough deal, you know? Uh, but I, 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 not only do I have confidence when I do what I do, but, um, I have, I have no guilt about decisions I make one, because I, I really do try to bathe myself in the, in the Lord and in prayer and, and in scripture, which is where I find that I, I get my guidance on, on, you know, we know because of the Bible, there is real evil and there's real good. And, knowing what the difference between the two is. I think you can really only know that as a Christian. Mm. And so um, I think that, that understanding that, that that little process there is what allows me to, to carry my role out with such authority and, and not have regret about certain decisions. I think, you know, one of uh, probably not just mine, but probably as law enforcement as a whole, one of the passages that we constantly have um, – either plastered on t-shirts or mugs or, you know, whatever else is Romans 13. Mm. And so what it says is, is ultimately like, this is going to be my paraphrase, but uh, those who do no evil have no reason to fear, but mm. those who do wrong have reason to fear because we do not carry the sword in vain. Right. Mm. And so I think that lays out kind of uh, this understanding of if you're going to do wrong, that there's going to have to be a peacekeeper that doesn't carry the sword in vain. And so, Although you hope you would never have to use the sword, 
you know that you carry it with a purpose. Mm. And there's a biblical kind of example there as to when the sword is to be used and when it's not to be used. And so being a, a part of like a SWAT team and being kind of the tip of the spear at, at the civilian level um, on, on kind of the domestic side of things is uh, some of those situations, unfortunately, you know, like a hostage situation we've had to be in before and stuff like that. Um, there's, there's real evil and you can see it in people's eyes. And I've, I've been on the side of looking in someone's eyes mm. and seeing that really evil. Um, mm. but I, I think just having a f- my foundation and faith and family and, and surrounded by a group of, of community men that are like-minded, um, not so much maybe when it comes to tactics or whatever else, but with their thought and the process, the way they look at the Lord and the purpose of our lives is to, to do what we can to honor the Lord, but we also know that we live in a fallen world and there's mm-hmm. going to be people that decide to step out of the lines uh, that are drawn in order mm-hmm. of the Lord. And so um, there has to be those that are appointed to, to keep the peace. And so mm-hmm. first and foremost, a peacekeeper, not like, uh, you know, some guy who's Assassin. just wanting to drive back. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So so I, I do want to like dive into to the, to the morality of it all and, and what you're talking about there. But I want to kind of sure. just kind of ease in a little bit and and talk about what is your preparation because like you said you're, you're facing real situations hostage situations you're facing people that have chosen to go into this like different realm of existence and embrace evil through like through you know human trafficking uh murder you know whatever it may be sure what is the preparation, the heart preparation on a daily basis to like, you know, first for you, but and then bringing and stewarding that spirit in with your team as well? Yeah. So uh, I think a line we always use is you sweat in training so you don't believe bleed in real life. Right. Mm-hmm. And so there's uh, there's a various series. There's a series of training that we implement and expose ourselves to um, firearm proficiency. All that kind of stuff is obviously one of those physical fitness is one. And, uh, you know, I don't train necessarily for myself. I train as if somebody else's life depends on it because, Mm. uh, we know we don't all, we're not always so self-motivated for ourselves. Um, and so I think that, that the guys who I serve with and have grown to love serving alongside of them, just, just dear brothers of mine, Mm. they're the reason why I work so hard at being, uh, good at my profession because I care about them, you know? Mm. And, um, and so we have this thing we call priority of life. It's the term we use, and basically it kind of dictates um, the steps we're going to take, what's going to force our hand in certain situations, what's going to be the driving force. Mm. And so um, in, in that aspect, thinking about it that way is these guys, their life is a higher priority than mine. And so uh, as peacekeepers, you know, uh, what, great, what greater love than any man have than lay down his life for a brother? And so obviously we all hoped that that day would never come, but sure. if, it, if it came, uh, I think that's why we put the training in is so that we will be able to sacrifice our life so their life could be spared. And so uh, there's a varied amount of trainings that we go into, a lot of counterterrorism, a lot of live fire training, a lot of mm. simunitions training, tons of uh, training behind the scenes where you don't really get rewarded for. Mm. Um, but if that work's not put in, then you're going to be exposed when the real deal hits, right? Yeah. And so uh, I think probably like any any athletic um you know, category or whatever, you're going to have guys who, who are going to put in tons and Michael Jordan and Steph Curry, these guys who you see, you're like, man, you're so good, but you have no clue how many times they were in the gym alone, just putting in the work and putting in the work. Mm. And so, um, yeah, there's a ton behind the scenes. I kind of think like 
biblically, the way I look at things, uh, you, you know, you see Matthew chapter six and it talks about how to pray. It talks about going into a closet and praying where no one sees you and your father who sees you will reward you openly. And so a lot of that stuff, I think, like dry firing that we do um, mm. might be a term you're unfamiliar with, but it's it's like um, you're basically just getting familiar with your weapon, your sight presentation, all this kind of stuff, and you're dry firing. And it's a really boring thing to do. <laughs> it really is, right? Because the gun's unloaded. There's sure. just a click going off. There's no bullets getting sent down range, and you're just dry firing to get that sight picture and your trigger control down, all this mm. stuff. But those small things that are done – in private are able to be rewarded openly with your performance and mm-hmm. your, your guys can be protected if you put in that time and that work. And so I kind of correlate those two things like dry firing is like prayer, you know, mm-hmm. and the guys who neglect it, you you can tell when you watch them in life, mm-hmm. but those who really put in the work, you're like, man, that dude's, that's a good man. Yeah. Yeah. You, that's who I want on my team. Mm-hmm. Like, that's who I can depend on. That's so, so interesting because it's almost like when you are when you when you do put in that time and you have y- you care about the small things and you you almost care about the relationship with the people on your team or you know if we're we're connecting this biblically to God yeah. in those little things and you recognize the importance of them then when you're in a situation where it really matters it's like you don't even have to think about it you're sure. doing it. That's who you have sculpted, been sculpted into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's instinct at that point, mm-hmm. you know? And so, uh, and it, and it definitely there's been situations where, uh, that I've been in and, um, you know, I draw my gun or something and watching the video afterwards, just kind of dissecting some things. I'm mm-hmm. like, I didn't even know I had my gun out at that point. I just did it wow. naturally, you know? It was just one of those things where a threat was seen by me uh, even in my subconscious or whatever else saw something that maybe I didn't process because I knew that it wasn't important for this to happen, you know, just like mm-hmm. breathing. We don't think about breathing. It just kind of happens. And so uh, anybody, when you talk about this, this idea of praying without ceasing, it's kind of like it's just always going on, this communication between you and the Lord, and you're always thinking about this dry firing, man. I'm just mm-hmm. doing this because I know it's going it, to, I'm going to need it later or somebody even better is going to need it if i don't so so. so does that allow you to kind of go in with a sense of fearlessness because you have you know done the work in the player prayer closet and also just with your team sure i mean i'd say fear is good in a way right a a, a healthy dose of it yeah a healthy dose of fear is is um can be can be beneficial because there's certain things that that happen to your to your body. A lot of people hear the words fight or flight, but there's the mm-hmm. the sympathetic, the parasympathetic nervous systems, and the way your body reacts to a certain amount of fear. You know, like one of the things when your body kicks into this fight motion instead of flight is your your main organs in your body outside of your heart, like your digestive system, starts to shut down. Blood that doesn't need to go there starts to go to places like your your head, so you can think clearer, you can hear better, you can see. Mm-hmm better your your body just knows what is most important at this time and so yeah i think fear helps your body understand those processes and if you didn't you might not have the clarity of thought you might not have the vision you need or your you know your hearing that you need at the time so there's there is a, a healthy balance to that but um fear is a is a is a feeling and courage is an action right and so uh you you have to overcome it to be courageous 
Um, but you can't let it control you because you, you have guys who, um, you know, just thinking about fear, like fear-based decisions is, um, we know when we do what's called CQB, so close quarters battle or close quarters combat, if, if we're going to come into this house or this room here, you know, uh, what we what we typically say is if I'm going to enter a room and I can see that this is this is just um, going to be an empty corner, a wall, I, I can see most of the room, I know the threat is probably going to be behind this door, right? If I'm approaching from a certain angle, I'm going to need to cut back, and that's where the threat's most likely going to be because I can kind of see this part of the room. Mm. But if I'm scared, I don't want to go to what's unknown, right? I want to go straight. The well, problem is if uh, if I go straight into the room, what's what's seen to me is that somebody is probably going to see me enter, and they're going to want to engage me, but my partner's going to step in and go that way, and he's going to be stepping right into the fire that was meant for me. Mm. But if I go to where I'm expecting the threat to be, and uh, and what we always say is action always beats reaction, and so uh, they're they might be you know, thinking somebody's out there, but they don't know when they're going to come in. And if I come in and my mind is made up that there's going to be a threat there, it's not going to surprise me when I see it mm. and I can neutralize it. And then my buddy would never have to step into something that was intended for me, but then he gets, mm. does that make sense? Yeah. There and seems so to be so many like little parallels between what you do on a daily basis and the, our walk with the Lord. Oh man. And it seems like it empowers you to be a better you know, SWAT team officer, a better detective yeah. and a better teammate when you are, do have that like eternal perspective because sure. you're like, you care about your teammate more than yourself. There's like not this selfishness. Plus you, you know that your life isn't the end mm -hmm. and, or, or this current life, you know, this, if you, if you die in the flesh right now that you will be raised from the dead, like, and that's a confidence you have so you can, um, correctly place that fear in, or funnel it into an effective action like you said right yeah yeah huge correlation man i i think um every time i take a new school or a sniper school or you know this counterterrorism schools or whatever we go through even if it's basic firearm instruction you know i'm always asking the lord what can i learn about this that relates back to my walk with the with god and so uh, I know that, that I'm kind of the guy who learns through analogies and mm. correlation and stuff like that. And so if the Lord can teach me that way, I know guys that are like-minded are going to, they're, they're more or less going to be able to see the picture of the Lord mm. in, a, in a more clear way if I can put it in terms in which they understand. And so somebody who may, may not walk with the Lord at all, but they like tactics, they like guns, they like, you know, this this thrill-seeking stuff, and I can talk to him about, hey, your gun is really like the Scripture, you know? You mm -hmm. need to be familiar with your weapon, and, and Scripture is referred to as the sword, you know? And then, so right. you, you're familiar with your weapon, so you get familiar with your weapon, and that's kind of like that's kind of like your Bible. That's what's going to be effective mm -hmm. in the fight. And so the more you know that, the more effective you're going to be able to be with it, right? Mm -hmm. And then you're like, oh, okay, all right. And then talk about dry firing is your prayer life, you know, the things you do. Maybe it's not fun. Maybe it's kind of boring. Uh, nobody sees it, so there's not like you're. There's not a lot of praise in it, you know. You're not preaching. A hundred percent. Yeah, man. Like no focus. You're not. You're not. Uh, you're not seen. And so uh, they're like, okay, I, you know, I get a better understanding of why. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have thought that's important, but when you say it like that, the the correlation's made for them, you know. Mm. And then, um, man, I have a whole I have a whole list in my phone of like 
spiritual SWAT lessons, you know, really? like, uh, <laughs> this is what I've learned from sniper school, or this is what mm. I've learned from, from all these other courses that I've taken. Can we, can we talk about that for a second? The, the sniper analogy with, uh, tuning in their optics, the parallax, the parallax. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it's one of the things when I was in sniper school, just again, just asking the Lord, all right, I'm having a lot of fun, man, engaging these, these far targets, learning how to, how to range something by just using your scope, all this cool stuff. And then, uh, yeah, it's a blast. (laughs) And, uh, and then, uh, learning and man, there's so, there's so many cool things I want to go off on tangents about, (laughs) but, uh, we love tangents. Yeah. Yeah. So the bear (laughs) chasing the rabbit down the hole. So to answer your question though, the parallax is so like there's, there's, some knobs on on most scopes and uh, not all scopes they're going to be more your high power more tactical scopes you're going to have what's called a parallax and um guys like you wouldn't understand this because you're so young right but as we get older and you begin to get my age your eyes don't automatically adjust like they should okay and so you'll you'll be looking at the scope and uh and if the crosshair is in the scope which is like your your reticle in the scope if they're not clear, then what you do is you begin to, to adjust this parallax and mm-hmm. it puts things into pers- perspective, right, for you. And so, um, and so w- what I know about that, what I think about is the crosshairs, uh, to me, is just representative of exactly what it is. It looks, it's the cross, right? And mm-hmm. so uh, a lot of people have asked in times, man, like you have this, you went through all these experiences, but when I meet you, you, you don't seem like the guy who's trying to put out your resume all the time. Right. You know, and uh, you're not bragging about it. I figure you like have your chest puffed out and whatever, <laughs> always wearing a SWAT shirt or something. And uh, and what I tell them is, you know, that's hard not to do that. It really is. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm I always struggle with my pride. The Lord's always humbling me if I choose not to humble myself. You right. know, but this whole parallax thing is like, uh, it's the cross. And when the cross isn't clear, when when I begin to not have my parallax adjusted and the cross isn't clear focus, what happens is is I can become too prideful, right, in thinking how much I've accomplished, or I can become really depressed on what I haven't accomplished. When I begin to compare myself, like comparative righteousness, look around the guys around me and like, man, if I could be like Eli Stewart, or if I could be like Eli Goat, or these like monsters that you're, you, you know, you're thinking about talking about these dead men who are like these authors like Tozer and Ravenhill and I mean, E.M. Bounds and just some, some beasts. And uh, thinking about them, if like I try to compare myself to them, like I'm so I'm wretched. I'm never mm-hmm. going to accomplish anything. Uh, but if I start to compare myself to somebody who, you know, is you're always going to find somebody way who's accomplished more than you're always going to be able to find somebody if you're looking around who's yeah. not accomplished as as much. And so I could get prideful looking at them. And that's when the cross is out, out of focus. But if that parallax mm-hmm. is in focus, the cross is plain. I know that what Christ tells me on the mm-hmm. cross is that. I am more wretched than I could ever imagine, but I'm more loved than I could ever hope to be, right? Mm. Because uh, my sin caused him to hang there, but he hung there because he loved me. Mm. And so that balance of the cross being in perfect perspective is is my parallax in life that gives me the view I need to have mm. in order to maintain the proper balance of mm. not being too prideful, not being uh, you know, too depressed in life. So I feel like humility is our is is the focus of the century you know with social media and, and mm-hmm. all of these a bit ways to compare yeah uh humility which you know andrew murray describes it as a sober sense of reality sure is uh is interesting because like like you said you have these 
experiences, skill sets, attributes. You're a tall dude, yeah. you know, <laughs> like, and so you could show up to these Bible study scenarios or whatever and easily be like, oh, I'm better than you, 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 you know, sure. you know and, and, but and it wouldn't be wrong per se. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm picking it up. Yeah, here. yeah. And, uh, but, but understanding that, like, that, what you were saying about the the mixture of being so actually worse than we could ever imagine we are and then so much more adored sure, than we yeah. ever could accept yeah. which is such a fascinating thing but i think you know i want to stop and, and touch on this pride thing for a second because i think everybody struggles with it I don't know if there's a, a single person that doesn't struggle with it. And it seems sure. to be the, the, the struggle of humanity. Yeah. You know, for sure. Yeah. How, how do you like, you know, I guess the view of the cross is the most important part to understand like right. what had to happen for us to be able to even exist in the Lord's will. Right. But like, what does that look like for you being someone that is accomplished, being someone that can kill the person in front of you if you wanted like yeah. sure know, have the skill sets um and still put that in perspective so it's a daily struggle man i think um i think uh yeah i mean you're 100 percent on point that it's we all struggle with it uh i think that's why social media is so effective we all feel like we we have something uh not only worth saying but worth mm. being heard you know and mm. our opinion always has to be out there because we know it's and best. we always think we're the coolest person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or oh. or the opposite, right? Sure. Because yeah. humility isn't necessarily about like thinking more or less of yourself. It's thinking correctly. Right. About right. Yourself. Yeah. 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 Not so. What is Ch uh, not Chesterton, but C.S. Lewis says, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. less. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> I think that that's uh, it's a tough balance, man. You know, but because you always want to be, uh, you always want to be doing healthy self evaluation. So you're trying to be better, and, and that's something that we always take into account. What we always say is selections and never ending process. Even though you make the SWAT team, uh, we hold ourselves to a standard that you're always having to work mm. at or else there's going to be some young dude who's coming up and he's going to be a go-getter you know he's going to be a mustang who's ready to put in the time and may not be may not may not be married may not have kids he's got all this free time and uh and he's ready to put in the work because you know he wants to to have maybe even just the pen on his his uniform says swat you know mm. and so uh if we're not always trying to better ourselves then we're we're not doing what's right but you can get a you can begin to get get so focused on that that you start to lose track of the why, and um, and so I think that that's a it's a hard process that that um you know Satan always that's I think that that his um his lie has never changed you know it's always that you could be like God, mm. and so um he would he just wants us to think that somehow we do better we can be better and like just have a, this grandiose imagination of of what we are and who we are. And uh, the cross, man, is like it's the only thing that gives you that right context to, to in order to view things rightly. And um, and so, yeah, I th you have to have this balance of, of real introspection. But I think something I've said to you before is um, in doing that, it's, it's kind of tough because I, I, we never we can either be too critical of ourselves or not critical enough, you know. And the problem I always say is uh, and, and this podcast is going to ring true because we never hear ourselves rightly, you know, mm -hmm. like I don't, 
I think I because of the way my voice right. somehow reverberates through my own vocal cords, and then when it comes out, I'm like this tough dude, and I'm gonna <laughs> listen to this podcast, and you're gonna be saying "squat this," "awesome detective," yada, yada, and I'm gonna be like, I sound so whiny and nasally, right? right? right. <laughs> so we never hear ourselves rightly, but when we can step out and detach, or we even better surround ourselves with a community of guys who care about us, mm. uh, who really do. Uh, care about our life more than we do and say over my dead body will I let you live a stupid life right uh, and they keep us in check and they they care more about us than they do our relationship so they know that even so even though something may hurt our feelings or it might cause tension for a while in our relationship they're still willing to speak the truth to me because they know that that's more important than me going off this way and the only reason they know that is because I'm I'm willing to be uh, transparent with them, you know, and so I think mm-hmm. a lot of people know each other through social media or all these other ways, but they don't really have a community. They may have followers, but they don't have a community. You know what I mean? Right. And so when you have that real community and you're able to be really transparent and accountable, then I say to you, Hey Bailey, this is what kind of man I want to be. And this is what kind of father I want to be. And this is what kind of just life I want to live. Then you can, if I allow myself to be open to you, you can then watch my life and any deviation from that you stop and say, Hey, like, here's what's going to happen, you know? If you mm-hmm. keep doing this, here's a logical conclusion. And, like, if I decide not to step in that right, smack me or something. Like, yeah. hey, dude, yeah, this is what you've told me. So you're only mm-hmm. repeating back what, you know? And so I think that community aspect is huge. And so, you know, yeah. in the SWAT world, we're always we're always razzing each other a ton. Like, I mean, we're I mean, it's not the place to come for self-esteem, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but we do it in a joking way, but we... W- we also know that there's some seriousness to it, you know, like, hey, I'm going to I'm going to jack with you a little bit if you miss a few shots. But you're going to you're going to also know that, you know, it's going to step up. We're not going to let you get away with it for long. You can yeah. have a bad day, but don't think that this is going to be acceptable if you want to remain in this community. And so mm. I think we have to have that, too, as Christians, as men, especially nowadays. Uh, I just think it's lacking so much. And so I think that speaks of like a real spiritual warfare that's happening because we almost get in this trance where we can't see our own flaws or we can't see where we're walking like especially like in any type of relationship it's like when you're in it it's you you literally have to like put good people around you that like like in a romantic relationship at least you need people that know both of you right one person or couples or people that community that know both of you mm-hmm. and can see from the outside because you know if you if it's all disconnected you got telephone telephone isolation chamber and many times i think that's what we see on social media is we're we're not really telling the truth nobody's actually telling the truth you're just right. seeing little slivers of it so there's no way to tell if that person's healthy or not right. you have to like live life with them to for see sure it. yeah Everybody's doing good on social media, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what you, you don't put you don't put the, the negative, the real things about your life. You don't put that out there because this is why we have filters on cameras and right. not just cameras, but you know what I mean on like these these apps that make you look and perceive allow you to be perceived in a different light. Uh, there's just yeah, there's not a, a real sense in what we. I mean, Satan does the same thing mm-hmm. with himself. You know, he like clothes himself as an angel of light in order to not look the way he is, so the world will see him differently. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's not a tactic we want to take from him, right? <laughs> and when we try to do that, that we're kind of emulating what he does. We totally do. Yeah, in order to gain influence. And so yeah, it's something we, to- I mean, we just got to be conscious of it. And it's, uh, it, it's crazy. 
I mean, I, I was hearing, I can't remember what I, what I read, but it was basically saying that there's people now who take these filters to like plastic surgeons and say, I want to look like this filter. I want to, you know, they're like, they're, it's mm. the reality they want to become because this one got more likes than something else. And it's all driven by human approval and all this other stuff. Yeah, it's just scary, man. But you, you have to have that kind of community. It's what saved my life plenty yeah. of times, you know, um, and, and kept me on track. And so. Yeah, I think many times we like to separate all of it. You know, we like to separate, like even relating this back to SWAT, we, we like to separate the discipline and, and the physical nature of like getting, becoming great at skills with like going back home with the family. You know, those right. things are associated. You, you get disciplined in one skill, that's going to flow over to the other thing. So a lot of times we mm-hmm. like to separate mental health and spirituality or, right. or a relationship with God. And we say, hey, you know, those things or we like to separate our our uh, physical health with our mental health or with our spiritual health it's all intertwined and connected and i think we like to segment these things so we can say oh that's the problem and and isolate it to these like small variables so we can like feel better about our understanding of reality right um but in, in in reality it's like god made it unified for a reason he put us here to commune together and i think that's one of the coolest things like because technically this is social media for sure what we're yeah, doing yeah and but this medium allows us to be raw and real and allows people to sit in on a free form open conversation of like two men that are like trying to grow towards looking more like jesus to sure. tune in that yeah. scope a little bit more mm-hmm. so we can figure out how to walk a little bit better tomorrow or maybe not even in the sense of better or growing but just connect with the heart of god more like if you could talk to the creator of the whole universe the most goat of all time the og of ogs you know right you would want to but i think the problem is people don't necessarily believe that that's true like they're like oh well it's just quiet when i pray right and but but i think the more we tune (coughs) into who god is the more we can like actually hear him Sure. Through people, through the experiences, through even like the table in front of us and in the circumstances that we're in. And it's fascinating. So y- you have been in situations where you had to make quick calls and decisions. And you spoke on before to me personally about actually relying on the Holy Spirit to make some of these decisions. Can you describe that, what that's like? And 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 how that how that has happened yeah so um i mean i i have to i just try to always keep my mind clear so like even when when uh you talk to the guys and and i know um you know i'm not able to do it on every one of our call outs or something but if time allows and i know we're about to step into a serious situation i'm always saying a prayer over the team you know they kind of know that that's going to be jonesy's deal like he (laughs) If before we go anywhere, everybody's going to huddle up, there's going to be a debrief, and then Jones is going to send us off with the prayer. Like, that's just what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And um, and so because of my my dependence on the Lord, I realized, too, especially if I'm going to make, just, just what we talked about earlier, these decisions that I'm going to make without regret, I'm going to have to listen to the Lord, you know. Um, but but there's this thing we call, we call it the OODA loop. And so it's observe, orient, decide, and act. And it was actually uh, came up with this pilot, Boyd, mm-hmm. who came up with this this fighter pilot terminology because he's he knew flying planes so well. 
And so if, if one plane did something, he knew exactly what their next move was going to be. It was like chess for him, you know. Mm. So he knew that, that this is this is basically the standardized way to fly a plane. And so he could throw somebody off by acting like he was going to do one thing, and then when he would do something else, they would have to be like, oh, what, what, what's he doing? And a they're tr- Yeah, they're trying to – they observe what he's doing. They're trying to orient themselves. They're trying to then make a decision, and then by the time they act, he's behind them, and they're, they're shot down, you know? And so this term came up. And so if you think about this, in every situation you make, you have to like you have to walk into a room, observe, orient, decide, and act real quick. If you're if you're trying to dissect a room or, or target discrimination or positively a PID a target or something, you know, is this friend or foe as you're walking in? And uh, you have to make these these decisions quickly. But if you didn't put in the repetition then you'd, you'd freeze up, you know. We'd call it analysis paralysis. So you're like mm-hmm. walking, you're like just looking at all these targets like, what do I do? And uh, and you're probably going to have more senior guy who is going to fix the problem, not the person. They're going to step in and engage the targets that need to be engaged, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank God for them. But you're going to be stuck stovepipe wondering what in the world to do. And so with me, if if I was trying to pray to catch up in my prayer life, <laughs> you know, if I'm like walking to a scene, all right, Lord, before I go into this room, <laughs> it's like I'm just constantly uh-huh. trying to hear and listen to the Lord. And because it's been ingrained in what I'm doing daily and I make it a process to always be talking to the Lord, I think about a, one of the crazy stories I ever read, uh, and it make, just gave me such a hunger for this kind of a life, was reading about Andrew Murray. Mm. And uh, one of the things about Andrew Murray is, is – he uh, he's from South Africa, right? And he he was said to pray at one time, and I may have said this to you before, but they were, he was praying at one time in his house, and the, his neighbors came out and were like, "The Lord is coming back! The Lord is coming back!" Because it was like Acts, the book of Acts. His house was like shaking, right? And I'll, people are like, "That's so crazy, man!" And I'm thinking, "Hold on, why not earthquake? Mm. Why the Lord is coming back? What was different about the shaking that made them think there was obviously a palpable?" sense sure. of of realness with the lord like the lord's presence there so there was something real and then one 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 story that's been told of him uh so listen to a guy named keith green and uh and he's he's talking and um sorry keith daniels keith green's a musician <laughs> keith daniels preaching <clears throat> and he's saying he's from south africa so he knew these legends of andrew murray and he says andrew murray was more revered than like the president at the mm-hmm. time and so when he comes out of the church drunkards pedestrians, everybody, cars would stop. And they're like just paying paying respect to him as he walks by. And one day he was walking and he just, I mean, it's gravel. It's uh, like the, the pebble road, you know, and he falls right on his face. And all these people are seeing it happen. They run up to him, they pick him up. They're like, Brother Andrew, Brother Andrew, you know what's going on? Or Brother Murray, Brother Murray what's going on? And um, he just says, never lose. And then he pauses and they're like, what is it, you know? He's like, never lose a conscious awareness of the Lord. I didn't feel the Lord, and I my body wouldn't go on mm-hmm. for a moment. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And then you read passages like Samson, he woke up and didn't know the Lord was gone. <laughs> like, he yeah. didn't, he just wasn't aware of it. Uh, this is scary verses, you know? Like, And so you think about that. If you're not having this total conscious awareness of the Lord all the time, you're not trying to speak to Him, you're not talking to Him all the time. It's like, um, it's a weird, I don't know how to really say it, but, um, you know, you can, when it says take every thought captive, um, I know I'll keep chasing these rabbits, right? But when it says take, scripture says, says take every thought captive, if you think about it, you can think about your own thoughts. 
It's like if right now you were to think about, all right, I'm talking to Ryan, but what do I want to say? That you get, you're thinking about the thoughts you're having, right? Oh, that weird thing. All the time. Yeah. So you <laughs> you can do that. You can like take yeah. every thought captive, mm. but you're thinking while you're thinking. And so when I'm moving, because I've made walking with the Lord just so natural with me, and I'm always trying to process things through that lens. It's not like I'm taking a break to pray while I'm doing these things. I'm just asking the Lord guide me here because you know best you know what's in the room that i don't you know and so you know when i should and shouldn't pull the trigger you know when i should and shouldn't turn the, the light on when i should look down or when i should look up is there a trip wire is there some kind of booby traps all these things just hearing from the lord and i think there's been times where uh my intuition on when to stop uh has been just really i mean it just went through a live fire course and uh me and my buddy are, are moving through a hall and there's the house is set up in such a way that where you can shoot from one room to through one room to another room and hit a target. Right. And we're moving in the hallway and there's a guy in this room about to take a shot. Well, you're supposed to call out shot before you take the shot and everybody knows to stop and then the target's engaged. Well, the problem with that is, is there's being, there's doors that are being explosive breached and ballistic breached with shotguns and all this stuff. So you can't always hear and you got ear pro on and, uh, you don't always hear, but for some reason he opened the gate, and that means that I could take steps forward, the mm. threats on this side. I took a step, and I was just like, felt in my gut, just stop, like pause real mm. quick. I paused, and the next thing you know, two rounds go flying by in front of the door frame, which is like, you know, for a little bit further than the, the front of my cap away from this this door. is like, whap, whap, mm. and they engage his target. I'm like, I just looked to my buddy next to me, and, and luckily it wasn't something we needed to move quickly. I just looked at him, and I was like, I don't know why I stopped, but I did. he's like, I'm glad you did. <laughs> I would have walked right in, you know? And yeah. I th so I think it's just one of those things, listen to the Lord, and uh, he's gracious enough and cares enough about me, even in my ignorance, that he would protect me from myself at times, you know, mm. when it comes to stuff like that. But just hearing from the Lord, I try to tell my kids all the time. They say the same thing. Like, I talk to the Lord, and there's just silence. I don't, you know, I tell them, the, the more you talk to somebody, the better you get to know them, you know what I mean? And so I just met Caleb. Uh, so if, if you put him and five other guys behind me, I might be able to pick out his voice if they started saying something, but guys who I've spent plenty of time with, as soon as they talk, I'm going to be like, that's Josh, that's this person, yeah. that's this, you know, I know because I know their voice. Mm -hmm. And so when I hear it, I know who it is. And so when you talk to the Lord, even though you might not at first hear something, you're developing an understanding for him his his character what his voice sounds like, and then you begin to hear it clear, you know, and then you're like, there's all this noise, even in the spiritual realm, there's all this noise that you're taking in, yeah. a devil trying to throw these bad ideas at you, everything else, and then you're like, wait a second, that was the Lord, you know it because you've sought out his voice and you've been listening to it, mm -hmm. so yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a big deal to try to constantly be in, in communion with the Lord, you know, I have to for me. Yeah, you, you mentioned like you're, if you if the first time you were praying for the day or for the week was right before you all breach a breach a building that might be a little like too too late in a sense it's always good to pray but you're kind of sure. trying to catch up to this like spiritual awareness that should have been developed yeah and like for everyday life it kind of seems like we sometimes do that with our decision making and our convictions it's like oh we'll feel this conviction we're like, oh, is that real? And right. then eventually we get in into a situation where we're like trying to catch up with the heart of God for our lives. And it's like all this reverse action stuff. But if we allow mm -hmm. ourselves to be disciplined 
on a daily basis in the prayer closet and it's it's like so much easier to say than it is to do oh yeah but doing it reaps rewards yeah bountiful sure and yeah yeah it's uh it's yeah man so you're gonna have even so let's say swat you know you're gonna have guys who make the team who can maybe make this the minimum standard mm. but you know they're not one of you you know what i mean mm. like uh they're they're not putting in the work that it takes to really achieve they're not putting they're not the SWAT operator they could be or they should be really you know but they can meet the standard sure uh and they can wear the shirt and they can you know get the cool toys but uh but they're going to be a perimeter guy you Mm -hmm. know they're not going to be somebody you want to go through a door with and so there's going to be those guys um unfortunately and uh and and so yeah the the whole aspect of just of trying to catch up is just you you can't you can't fake the funk when mm. when when it really hits, you know. Uh, you're going to be exposed if you're not if you don't really have that walk with the Lord, and uh, and we oftentimes, I mean, self included, you know, things are going good in life, and you're like, oh man, it's because I'm such a rock star, you know, with the Lord. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, your your prayer life starts to slip a little bit, and you you know, just like you know, I know in SWAT, you're you you nail you nail one of your your um your qualification courses. And you're like, yeah, I can slack this week. You know, I don't have to put in the dry fire. I don't have to get the reps on this. And then you do all right the next time, too. You're like, yeah, I got it down now. Sure, sure. Uh, And then you skip two months of that. You show up and you're like, what in the world, dude? And then all your your guys are looking to you like, I thought we could count on you, dude. What's going on? Yeah. I mean, you just get exposed. You can't catch up. It takes in twice as much work, you know. Or at my age, you decide to stop running or something. And then, like, you know, you, you could stop for two months and it'd take you two days to get back into whatever you were doing. <laughs> yeah. Right. But for me at my age, dude, I take two days off. I might as well take in two weeks. Mm-hmm. So you got to stay on it. You, that catching up is, is not going to be, it's not going to be possible in the amount of time that it's going to take to accomplish something that might be imminent, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's uh, it's, it's a tough deal, but it's so easy to get spiritual amnesia and forget how, how much you need to depend on the mm-hmm. Lord. And uh, he's very good at reminding you why you need him, you know, if you choose not to do it yourself. Do you feel like it's easier with the 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 threat, the daily threat of of death right around the corner? Sure. I mean, you know, I'm one of those guys, too, who, who maybe fabricates a little bit of, to myself, you know. I'm sure. always thinking the next big threat is here, right. you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, d- I do know that um, I, I rise to the, you know, we were talking about your, a little bit earlier, you are saying I, I kind of I work good under pressure. And so I'm the same way when something is, um, you know, I think this this is maybe, maybe the case for a lot of people too, but um, like when I know our PT standards test is coming up, I'm like, sure, I, I run, I do push-ups, I do all these things, setups and pull-ups and whatever else, and I'm working out. But when I know a PT test is coming up, I'm like, I'm really getting it for several weeks out i'm like i'm really putting in you know mm. because the not the threat necessarily but the what's at stake is like it's more palpable to me at that moment i'm like it's real okay it's like and there's a timeline it's coming in i'm sure. preparing for it you know it's like a mission workup um and mm. so we might have to come back to the timeline thing yeah yeah so <laughs> so uh, Cause that might be more important than many christians might right want to put on true, it. true true yeah <laughs> Um, but like when I think about that thing, you know, I think that, uh, I think a lot of people just don't maybe think about how big of an adversary Satan is, you Mm. know? And so when I work out, I don't work out for the wimp that I might encounter. 
I work out for the guy who's like me, who I might see across the hallway, right? Somebody who's put in the time. Somebody might have some just natural athletic abilities. Somebody who is – so I think of the guy who's working out every day. I need to be better than him mm. or else, you know, what's going to happen when I meet that that guy? Not the, your typical, you know, you, not your your yeah typical militia guy who's like, you know, carrying around a, a twenty two acting like he's some kind of stormtrooper or something, but the guy who really knows violence and is not willing to mm. or is not afraid to to be violent, real evil, you know? That's kind of what I picture, whether I might ever face that guy or not. That's who I'm always trying to prepare for. And so I think if people thought, if they understood how big of an adversary Satan really is, mm. they would put in the time and know, man, I have to have the Lord because this dude is like a, a lion walking back and forth mm. to who he might devour, you know? Uh, can you just like can you explain what you mean by that? Like by Satan being a big adversary, like the manifestation through the people and how how that is, or because like when when we look into the Bible, we're like, okay, well, Satan really is powerless mm-hmm. to us if we sure. ha- have the Holy Spirit and, and God on our side and we have that authority. But but in this world, there's a real there's real threats yeah. and there's a real uh, reality that Satan is the prince mm-hmm. of this earth yeah yeah and so like when you have you know you've spoke about looking evil in the eyes Mm -hmm. what is that what is that what does that look like what is that like how do you discern that yeah uh so man i think discern it might be so i've become so attuned for it now that i maybe i see it maybe easier so discerning it is not as uh as difficult gifting yeah yeah i Potentially, yeah, it very well may be, um, but uh, I, I know that, you know, there's certain things that I, as as a trained law enforcement officer, there's this thing different between probable cause and reasonable suspicion, right? Mm. And so probable cause is what you would say that a, a reasonable person is going to come to this conclusion presented these same facts and circumstances, right? Uh, but reasonable suspicion is different because I can present to you everything that I'm seeing and you go, I don't see how you're connecting those dots. But it's going to be my training and experience in what I do that gives me the perspective that I have that makes that so clear to me. And so if I can then be able to articulate that, then you might say, oh, okay, now I see what you're saying. So if there's a car parked outside of a, of a, a building and I say, hey, I wanted to stop at that place because I saw that car parked there and it was just out of place to me, you're going to be like, cars park in front of buildings all the time. I don't get it, you know. Sure. But if I was like, well... What I know is that building's been burglarized three times in the past week. The car mm. backed in instead of pulled in, which is a little bit suspicious to me. It doesn't have a front plate, which means it's either concealing something or it's probably got a paper tag, which makes it a little bit more conceivable. The time of day, I know that business is closed. Mm. And and so there's just something about it that makes me want to go check it out. I think that something could be awry here, right? And then you're like, oh, well, if I knew that, then yeah, I see it now, you know? And so your, your training and experience comes in the way you see things. It gives you that reasonable suspicion. So mm. when I look at evil now, I think I see it a little bit easier because I've, I've trained my mind and my heart and my soul to kind of see those things. And then, two, just engaging it in, in what I do uh, in life. So, uh, yeah, wow. it's, it's a little bit more crisp to me yeah, than it might no. be to others to see. Uh, and I think it's it's been a trained um, perception uh, difference that I have that maybe others w- do, but um, I, I just know that that 
for me to feel that the devil's not really a threat in my life has given myself way too much credit, you know? Mm. And I think that, uh, yeah, he's, I mean, he's smart, but I got it figured out. I know how to, I know what's best for my life. I know I'm not going to fall for these. And uh, I'm sure everybody from, from history, if you were to look at it, I mean, the dude's been at it for like thousands of years manipulating people. And right. so if you get, if I gave you 5,000 years to do anything, how would I be foolish enough to think that I, you wouldn't be able to outdo me in that, right? Mm. And so, uh, yeah, I just think I give him, I don't give him too much credit. I don't think he's capable of, you know, doing much. And so, uh, but I do know that I'm foolish enough if I'm not always listening to the Lord to fall for his, his tricks and devices. Right. And so, um, I mean, even scripture tells us to be aware of the devil's devices that you may not fall subject to him, you know? Mm. And so, uh, I just, even a book I'm reading right now by Ian Bounds is called Satan, his personality, his strategies, his strengths, and his fall. Because we know what the end of the book says, right? Yeah. We know what's happening, so we don't give him too much credit. We know that, that he's fighting a losing battle, but uh, a cornered animal is always the most dangerous, you know? And so I know that if we're really in the fight, if you're no threat to Satan, then yeah, you don't need to be worried about him. Uh, but mm. if, if you plan on being a part of the fight, uh, the bad guy's not worried about passerbys he's worried about the guy who's coming to really stop him you know mm. and so if you're in the fight then it matters but if you're not then i, I guess you could just laissez-faire and lay back you know mm. so because he, he loves that mm-hmm. so uh you know we, we started this conversation kind of talking about uh, the the morality of you know justfully taking another person's life yeah um and, and you you've you know, fortunately, un- unfortunately, however you look at it, has have had to do that. Um, and so I haven't, ne- I haven't myself, but oh, okay. I've been in circumstances where, where it's happened. Yes, okay, yeah. Gotcha, I mean, gotcha. I've been there. I've, yeah, I've been there. <laughs> so, so I, I just haven't been the guy who's who's praise the Lord. Pulled the yeah, trigger. gotcha. Right. So, but but witnessing that is still sure. impactful. Right. I right, imagine, yeah. like it's right. someone's, they're they're losing the breath of life that, yeah. that God has yeah. given them. They, they were uh, designed to be a, a child of God that mm-hmm. has gotten manipulated by the, the powers that be to such certain point and, and probably, you know, all different types of circumstances right. involved in developing and turning into, to that threat. Mm-hmm. Um, for a Christian, what, what is the justification of taking someone else's life? I know this was a big question at yeah. Bible study and it was it's hard for people to kind of understand sometimes but sure. like but it you know even referring to thou shalt not murder and right, things yeah, like that can yeah, you describe yeah. like what the difference is between killing someone and murdering someone sure and like how someone who loves the lord and that is submitted to the lord's will can justfully and rightly do something like that sure yeah so i mean um murdering somebody you know is um is 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 it not only is it something that uh we understand uh to be wrong you know that's why we have certain laws put in place society as a whole understands that uh at least in texas you know there's there is there is a laid out legal justification on when to take certain action and so um Penal Code Chapter 9 tells us when, when you're justified to take action. And so what it says basically is, is if there's threat 
of imminent danger to life or potential of serious bodily injury, then you as a peace officer are taking an oath to enforce, right, mm. the protection of somebody else's life um, or quality of life at that point if it's going to be serious bodily injury. And so as far as it goes with, with law enforcement, then I'm taking an oath that I, I will uphold this this threat to the rest of society. And, and in other words, I'll stand between uh, what is due you and I'll absorb that. So uh, it's lots of times it might be somebody who cannot protect themselves and, and other times it may be somebody who chooses not to protect themselves. In other cases, uh, it might be somebody who just doesn't know they need to protect themselves, you know. Mm. Uh, when you see, like, these active shooters or something, people are just not ready. They don't know that they're, they're even a target at that point. Yeah. Um, but uh, I believe I, I always go back to this Romans 13 where it talks about, you know, those who do evil do not think that we carry the sword in vain because, you know, if you're if you're willing to step into the role uh, and, and ultimately, ultimately – be be an actor on behalf of evil mm. then you have to know that good is going to you're you're going to counter good and so um with me man i'm sorry i'm stepping on that hope i'm not oh, shaking good, anything up here so <laughs> um so w- what i always look to look to that is understanding know that i've taken an oath uh we understand this as a community just to be wrong to murder somebody it's just the intentionally knowingly right taking someone's life uh, when when they don't would not otherwise choose that path right and so um, and so stepping in and protecting that being a guardian of accountability a guardian of of it's really uh, it's not an offensive move on my part it's a defensive move mm. and so as as uh, I don't know if that's easily understood yeah, but yeah. in law enforcement you know what I do is really it's defensive it's not being offensive uh, and so it's to defend and to protect um, those liberties of others. And so um, if, if uh, you know, even a traffic stop, I'm defending other safety by not allowing this person to drive in a speed that might be reckless or, you know, uh, drive intoxicated when they're putting other lives at risk. Right. And so all these steps are seen and, and they're rationalized. Uh, but when it comes to, to taking, you know, what we would call permanent custody of someone, so I, I arrest you for doing whatever else. Nobody has a problem with that. But when it's permanent custody, there seems to be like, well, do you, you're acting like God, you know, in a way. Mm. And I understand it. I get it. But uh, really what I'm doing is allowing someone else not to act like God and treat the world as they see fit. You know, right. I'm being a defender of that of that life. And so um, in order to protect others, li- other lives, sometimes this life it's not really the way I, I see it too is not me making that decision it's somebody else they put themselves in that position mm. and they know that the logical conclusion of their choices um you know if i'm if i'm there's been times where i've, I've had my weapon drawn on somebody and they're holding either a knife or a gun before you know i've been in both those circumstances and they look at me and there you can see because i have four boys now you know i'm like don't do that <laughs> and i can see in their mind they're like What's it going to cost? Is it worth right. the spanking for the, you know? Yeah. And so I can look in these guys' mind and I see them like they're look at me and like before they've looked at the knife and look back at me and look at the knife and look back at me like they're working it out in their mind. Is it worth what I'm thinking about choosing? And praise the Lord, they've always made the right choice, you know, mm. uh, to either drop the knife or, um, or be tased before they could utilize the pistol or something like that. So, 
there's those variables that come in, but we do our best in law enforcement to mitigate all of that from happening. You know, that's why tasers are a great invention. And anytime you have lethal force, you have to have less lethal force mm. and try to mitigate that as best you can. That's always the last step that we want to do in law enforcement is be forced to take somebody else's life. So it's to be avoided at, at any cost we can. Yeah. It's only when it's the last step, but it's um, because I know that that's the choice they've made and they understand the, the conclusion of their choices. That's how I sleep at night knowing that that's the choice they made, not that I made. They mm. understood that I was going to have to do that. So, mm. Yeah, and, you, and, and a good example would be like a hostage situation. For sure, yeah. Yeah. So, and, and as far as like a, a morality perspective, like there is justified circumstances in which, even biblically, yeah, that has taken place, and it's like, man, I I can't imagine God is happy about that. You right. know, yeah, he's probably heartbroken, I, and I think we sometimes mitigate or or kind of like, oh, it's God. It's like God, he's fine. He's like holy. He's just existing in this pure happiness state yeah, of all kind time. Of abstract, yeah. But he feels right. Probably and I'd say likely, very likely, deeper than we can ever feel. Yeah. And so it's oh, like 100%. Yeah, he's probably heartbroken yeah. when he sees one of his, you know, creations mm-hmm. is he he knitted you together and your mother, you know, this yeah. these like very uh these literary abstract ways of describing the care that God took in creating every single person knows the number of hairs on your head. Like yeah. That intimate for sure. And loses someone or, or they're, they're going astray. But I think, you know, like I think you told me this before, God is a, an all loving God, but an all just God at the same time. And, yeah. and it's hard for us to really differentiate how those things work together yeah uh, correctly the balance yeah you th- i mean yeah you think of the stories in the old testament where there's like this a whole people like the world opens up and swallows some people mm. because of their actions and then uh you see and then even in the new testament ananias and sapphira right who lied to the lord about lied to the holy spirit about mm. giving all of this land this 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 profit from this Just land and like <laughs> you know like Wait a second. Well, you don't see that in the New Testament. That was more the Old Testament God. And what I always say is, you know, you, you it's all the same. God is immutable, right? It's yeah. the same God in the Old Testament and New Testament. The difference is, is you see it more in the Old Testament, so you think, because right. it's not as visible, because it's all reserved for the cross in the New Testament, right? Yeah. Or the majority of it, you see like Ananias, fire, whatever. Like Well, and the Old Testament is much longer time period for sure than yeah, the yeah, new yeah. testament yeah. like much much longer <laughs> yeah for sure and uh yeah i mean you know god feels um it, it's it's uh i mean the new testament does have the book of revelation in true it. yeah man i mean <laughs> if you don't read that you yeah you're, you're i could see how you would maybe misunderstand some of the stuff or or write it off as uh yeah as uh poetry or something you know because it's what makes it easier for us to swallow but, um, yeah, I think that, that God has to feel, and I know that, that when I encounter people, one of the hardest things to do is, um, you know, I, I treat everybody as if they're me without the Lord. Because mm. when I encounter somebody, even when I was doing patrol or whatever, I'd look at somebody and be like, uh, you know, somebody else would be like, man, what a punk or whatever. I'm like, Psh, dude, that's me. If not for the Lord, I could see myself in that same situation, you know. Mm. So I treat them all as people, and, and people are always surprised. And they're like, 
I've never cussed. I don't cuss people out. I don't yell at them. I don't talk down to them. And um, and what I've learned is one, it's it's been way more beneficial than just for a virtuous reason uh, or, or a moral reason on my behalf. Is just treating them like they really are an image bearer of God and mm-hmm. somebody somebody really did when they were young had dreams about what their future would look like right. cared about them and, and invested into them even if it might not have been their parent their parent or whatever wasn't there their grandparents somebody in their life along the way cared for them loved them and had you know had these ambitions and dreams that they saw them becoming this man or woman one day with with these accomplishments and somewhere along the way they they got sidetracked right uh, so I, I don't look down on any of them because mm-hmm. I know that could be me without the Lord. Uh, the Lord wasn't so gracious. But two, it's paid off in such a way that, that these people now, I'll, I'll, I remember times where I'd arrest somebody and even potentially have to fight them for a moment, put them into custody, and then we're driving to the jail or whatever, and they're like, hey, man, I apologize about that. I, I had that coming, you know, and I'm like, all right, man, you, it just goes to prove he was a person, you know. Yeah. And um, and then too, just the the uh, the working of of sources, you know, uh, getting people to cooperate with you when you actually treat them like a person, you'd mm-hmm. be surprised on how well they actually <laughs> want to trust you or right. confide in you or something, you know. So, yeah, it plays a huge role that uh, I think is underestimated lots of times by by police officers. So. I feel like you have like a a, a secret weapon. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. So uh, you um, uh, you have you have a wife. I do. And you have four boys. Four boys. But you go into work, and they they know that you may not return. Yeah, yeah. So uh, obviously, it's more real for my wife than my yeah. boys. I uh, I think hopefully I'm seeing like every father hopes to be seen in their kids' eyes. It's like this. Uh, I'm like right. you know. Hello, Superman over there, you know. So, uh, yeah, they, they just think, like, their dad's probably untouchable and sh- world's strongest man and all this <laughs> other stuff because I can pick them up, you know. Yeah. Somehow that equates with the world's greatest strength. That's what they um, know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, and so I, I think for them it may not be as, as real, uh, as tangible of an understanding, but, uh, you know, for sure my wife does. And getting into law enforcement that's been one of those things we've had conversations about like are, are you sure you're okay with this I, I have an opportunity to go be on the SWAT team are you okay with this and she understands you know she's been several times in the middle of the night where the call off or the the mm. call out go alarm goes off on my phone and and I'm reading it and then I'm getting my uniform on and she's telling me the details hey here's where you need to go whatever and she's just praying for me with me before we take off you know so we, we understand it's important, but we also understand that it, that um, if not I, then who, right? Right. And so somebody's going to have to go. Who will go for me? And uh, and so that for me, I feel like the Lord's given me from even as a child that my mind's worked differently. My, my physical aptitudes have been different. Uh, my skill sets have been different and kind of set me forth on a path to be successful at this. The way I process stress is different than maybe others, you know. And so, obviously, I don't attribute that to me at all. I think that that's, one, the Lord's just had me be super laid back personality-wise, but then he's also uh, given me a community that, I again, like we talked about already, to be able to confide in and and be able to process stuff rightly. Uh, So it's tough for for me and my wife, but not as tough as it would be for sure if I didn't walk with the Lord, you know. Uh, and then the kids, I think, you know, are just a hero. They, they, as my kids get older, my oldest is 12 now, 
he probably understands that there's a little bit there's more. some more risk to it for sure. Uh, but but who's to say? You know, yeah. like with the Lord's covering, it's like you could have less risk than the person without the Lord's covering that is just walking down the street. Yeah, you know, and it's True. it's like you know statistically in our own understanding, but trusting the Lord with all of our hearts and not leaning on our understa- understanding right. may bring us into a place that is completely contrary to what we could even create in our own mind or fabricate right, right which is like interesting to think about because it's like in this current culture that we have in we're kind of we've been raised to be babies yeah. in the sense of like worry about every little thing worry about that person coughing because you don't want to get sick because your life is the most about inval- is the most valuable thing yeah there is and and being someone that protects the peace protects people's lives Mm-hmm. Um. It, but still has the perspective that this is not the end, right? Right. How, like, w- where do those meet? Because you know, I I want to kind of know like how have have you been able to minister to any of these people that you've like taken in and yeah, like what has that been like? You know, them seeing a gun in their face or you know. Like afterwards, like sitting in handcuffs and and going to the station or whatever, and just being like maybe rethinking their life right, a little right, bit. Yeah. So you know, I I it's one of the the big things when I was getting into law enforcement. I don't know if I've ever told you this before, but getting into law enforcement, like I was like, man, uh, I really see like this is going to be a huge ministry opportunity. I'm going to encounter people on their worst day, and I'm going to be able to tell them about the Lord and it's just going to like grasp their heart and it's going to give them such <laughs> hope. And, uh, yeah. you know, I just maybe naive, maybe ambitious. I'm not sure what it was, but I, I definitely saw that, that this could be such a, a beneficial role. And, um, and you, you probably know who Paris Reedhead is. Um, if not, uh, he, he was basically, he went to Africa, you know, because he saw some, commercial where there's people who are living in such poverty conditions right. and he's like man how can they live their whole life in such poverty conditions and then go to hell because they don't know the lord i have to go mm-hmm. talk to him and so he, he goes over there you know and uh he starts to minister to him and then he like realizes that he's he feels like the lord kind of sold him a bill of goods he's like wait a second these people i thought i was going to go over here and really tell them about the lord but turns out when i get over here they know the Lord, don't want to have anything to do with them. There are sinners who love their sin, and they're content with it. And so he was, like, talking to the Lord in his hotel room, and he's like, God, how did you call me all the way here and then make this the situation that yeah. I walk into? How, how could you deceive me like this, you know, ultimately? Uh, and the Lord said something to him that, like, in his heart of hearts, he spoke to him, and he said, uh, I know that they're sinners who love their sin, you know, but I love them. I didn't mm-hmm. call you to Africa for them. I called them there for me. Do I not deserve the reward of my suffering, you know? Mm. And uh, I, I called you there for my sake, you know? Uh, that I know that they, d- they don't like me, but, um, but I still deserve to have that reward of my suffering. And so I was like, oh, man, you know, it's huge. And so that's always been in the back of my mind when I, when I started to meet some of these people that I would meet and try to talk to him about the Lord, and and uh, on a, such a very small scale, there was some success, mm. but uh, for the majority, man, it was like, I'm having no impact, 
And I kind of feel like you, I was called into this to have this impact, you know, mm-hmm. and I was going to be helping these people. But I'm finding out, like Paris Reed had, that they're sinners who love their sin. And why why am I mm-hmm. doing this if it's not having the results that I want? I want my whole life to be an out, outpouring of the ministry, you know. And uh, kind of get a little bit frustrated with the Lord. And he kind of told me the same thing, you know, um, as he did Paris Reed had. But then along the way, what I started to realize that uh, because I was consistent in the way I walked with the Lord, and over a period of time, cops are kind of skeptical, you know, believe it or not. And um, always watching, always trying to figure out if there's if there's some kind of scheme here going on, and, yeah, and yeah. what's the what's the uh, what's the catch. And uh, I think I lived my life consistently enough in front of a few few enough guys that um, as as things started to go wrong in their life, uh, they would come to me as someone who they saw as holding it all together. And so they would be like, "Hey, man, I'm dealing with this. You're always in a good mood, man. You're never, you don't, you always have a smile on your face, no matter what your day's like. Yeah. Like, what's your secret? You know, like what's going on? And uh, I know you, you walk with the Lord, but what's really helping you? You know, <laughs> and like, there's got to be more to it. <laughs> and um, and so I started just talking to him about man, like what it means to have real community, what it means to really walk with the Lord, how the Lord is the one that gives me hope, this peace that passes all understanding, all this stuff." about the Lord's gracious and just loving, merciful personality. And uh, to see them begin to, to like, their eyes open up to it and then gradually start to see more and more guys. And the Lord gave me these these divine opportunities to really speak to my partners, the guys I walk with, to, to allow some of them to get to know the Lord, to walk with them into a real relationship with the Lord that they never had before, and then to start really develop that. Mm-hmm. I then learned, okay, this is the ministry aspect of it. It's maybe not for the person on the side of the street that I might meet. I don't neglect those opportunities when I get them, but maybe I'm here for the guys who I'm shoulder to shoulder with every day to be able to help them deal with the, the heaviness of being a peacekeeper, you know? So mm-hmm. that's, that's where I found my, my ministry, um, I guess not my ministry success, but the Lord's had some success in, in using me in a way to speak to those guys. It's been it's been uh, such a big deal to me, you know, because I love those guys so much. I'd lay my life down for them. So, yeah. That is wild. That is wild. It's so crazy how, like, it's never the way we expect. Mm-hmm. Like, it's never, like, even Jesus coming is not the way, the, you know, the Jewish leaders at the time expected. Right, right. It's just... It's and doesn't that make it a better story? For sure, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, we wished it would go one way, but yeah, uh, we only wished, we only want it to be that way because it'd be more comfortable yeah. for us, you know. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's always best when we do it his way, and it's hard for us to see that. So, um, yeah, I always say too, we got guys who who uh, who are on the perimeter of a scene, you know, or whatever, and then there's actions that are be. T- being taken on the main objective, a house, uh, whatever building might be, uh, might be the the emphasis of of the focus of our our engagement. Um, but there might be something that that's going on inside that the guys up close in the front of the stack know about, and the guys on the perimeter are like, "You should just do this, or you should just do that." A good idea fairy is just floating around, right? And these mm-hmm. guys are do this, right, do right. this, do this, <laughs> do that. And uh, man, if I was up there, this is how I would do it, you know. <laughs> And uh, and then when they come to realize, you know, after the fact, a debrief takes place and they're like, oh, I'm glad I didn't say what I thought about saying because I would have looked so dumb. 
Uh, I'm glad we did it the way it worked out. But if we could have done it my way, it wouldn't have worked out as smoothly as it Mm. did. And so uh, even though you're so convinced at that time that that is the way to do it. 100 percent. Yeah. And so what Tim Keller says that I just love, uh, he says that God always gives us what we would have asked for if we know all that he knows. And Mm. so it's one of those things that I tell myself all the time that. Just because I can't see the reason doesn't mean there's not a reason that it's being done this way, right? That's one of the first things you told me. Is it? Yeah. Because <laughs> okay, well, I remember I was, I, yeah. was, I was asking you because, I don't know, it was just something about you. I was like, I need to ask you this question. And, like, I was I was hurting at the time. Yeah. And I was like, Can, do you have, like, any advice? And you just gave me, like, three bullet points, including <laughs> that one. Like, Yeah, it's a big yeah. one for me, man. Yeah. yeah. I think I have them right, written down. I want to find them. You got any questions, Caleb? Um, well, I just think it's really interesting how you were kind of talking about, um, your, uh, ministry opportunities (coughs) and how it's, I think it's interesting how you were thinking that it would be a, okay, I get to minister to all of these people in these, um, one moment conversations that I have with them. Yeah. And in reality, and there's value (coughs) in that, and you do have experiences where you've done things in that. However, Mm. Um, it seems like more of what you've done is living life, pursuing God, and that's what impacts people. That's yeah. what people notice. So um, what would you say is kind of – it's almost like we place val- more value on trying to go after God in one moment and for people to suddenly encounter God. However, would you say yeah. that there's more value in that process and that living life? Yeah, for sure. I think that that um, so you know one of the things that I've, I've been privileged to 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 plant a church, and uh, one of the the mission statement we we were asked to come up with a mission statement, this idea um, that kind of encapsulates what what we are about. And um, I really felt like the Lord gave me this 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 line because you were supposed to have it supposed to be able to be repeated and remembered and recited later, right. you know. But uh, it's uh, basically seeing people come to know the Lord through practical Christian living, resulting in changed lives. And mm-hmm. so, seeing people come to know the Lord through practical Christian living, it'll result in changed lives. Mm-hmm. And so, this is like my mission statement for a church. But I, I, it was a miss on me <laughs> in my own life, right? So I'm thinking. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I get that that's the way you do church, right? That's the way you do real community, but I'm a cop, and so right. it, it, it's <laughs> not the way it works here. And uh, so, so yeah, I, I part and parcel the Lord and maybe um, maybe compartmentalized him to be effective in that manner this way here, but not, uh, not you know, in this aspect of life. We all do that. Yeah, guilty, right? And so, um, and so I think that that, that coming back to just like, okay, I just need to rely on the Lord and trust that He knows uh, when to move. And I I water, sometimes I harvest, but I'm not I'm not in control of uh, of of really all of that process, right? I might might get to take part in all of it. I might just get to take part in part uh, of the process. But um, but ultimately, it's in his control. I just need to be faithful to everything that he asked me to do while it's in front of me. And so instead of trying to control it all and, um, you know, even in my own life, I've I've found that um, that, you know, sometimes I'll think that I'm going to be ministering to this guy 
like let's say I just pick Bailey for instance. Say man, like I felt like okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna catch on to Bailey and I'm gonna do this in this life and the other. And a month and a half down the road or whatever, I'm like, I realized, dang, that was really for me more than it was for <laughs> Bailey, right? Yeah, yeah. God put him in my life, and I was so conceited or arrogant or whatever else to think that I was the one that was gonna really do this this big work. And so yeah, I think just being willing to be obedient to what the Lord asks you to do, know that. Um, as long as you're faithful to the small things, that he'll trust you with bigger things, you know. Mm. Uh, but just to be faithful in the small times and um, and trust that he knows better than I think I do. So, mm. Mm. yeah. I found uh, the note. Oh. <laughs> uh, you just like you just threw these out of your head. You're like, yeah. these are the three things you need to know. I don't remember, <laughs> so I hope they were good. Things. It was over at uh, <laughs> at uh, Josh's brother's. Uh, place. Oh, we're cutting down the tree. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's like he said, everything is necessary that he sends. Nothing is necessary that he withholds. Yeah. And then God always gives you what you would ask for if we knew all he knows. Mm-hmm. Those three things are very interesting. Yeah. It's kind of Calvi. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> it could be. Yeah, yeah. I see it. But it seems to be correct and it's yeah. it's hopeful at least you know at the very least right, it, right. there's hope in it yeah so i mean there's times you know unfortunately god gives us exactly what we want he gives favor what he wanted you know uh so he does let us have what we want but if we trust him he always gives us exactly what we would have asked for mm. knowing all that he knows you know and so there's the guys, there's the analogy of the guys on the perimeter that think they know what's best because they don't have these details up front. And then there's another one that for snipers, you have this as a sniper, your 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 main role is is overwatch for the guys on the ground. Mm. And so you see this picture that I mean, it's even Nobody bigger than sees. what you're seeing on the ground. Right. Mm. And so you see these moving parts all around and you see something upstairs or around the corner or behind some fence that nobody else may be able to see. And so just knowing, detaching even that much, what kind of perspective you have, and then you think about what God's perspective is on our life, mm. just being able to look down and say, hey, dude, I think you know, I, I know that you think this is what's best, but trust me, my perspective mm. is better than yours. And that's and why the humility you guys were talking about earlier is so important. Yeah. Because you have to have humility so that we're not so caught up in our pride that we refuse to even acknowledge the fact that God might have a higher or better perspective than us. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Mm. Yep, yep. Actually, I found a, another question. I guess I had just like right when we scheduled it, I thought of like questions to ask awesome. you. Yeah, and one, s- one stuck out specifically, which was, have you encountered any like situation where seemingly this person was demonically possessed or oppressed in some way? you know, maybe through drugs or, uh, you know, what the world would call as like bipolar because Eli spoke on this not too long ago. It's like mm-hmm. the world will call it this or that, but it's really just, you know, that's kind of a, what he said, propaganda to yeah. describe something that we don't really understand. For you sure. Know, has, has there been encounters uh, like that that you can like put your, you just one pops up? Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's, I mean, there's definitely ones comes to mind, but um, I want to say it was so unique to me in the fact that I'd maybe not ever experienced anything like that before. Mm. Uh, to, to really, uh, with real conviction, say that it was like demonic possession, I'm not sure. 
but I, I do know that um, that there was some seeking going on mm-hmm. in the process. Uh, so what I know without giving uh, too many details, you know, I mean, it's it's open to open record at this point. If you, <laughs> if you figured out what's uh, who it is and all this stuff. But there was a kid who basically went through a, it went through a traumatic breakup or whatever. And then um, in, in this process of like wrestling and maybe either wanting to hush it up or find some kind of uh, some seeking, some some solace or whatever, uh, ingested some some serious drugs. Right. And uh, and turned it into somebody who had no feeling. So mm-hmm. he maybe was seeking. Uh, to numb things, but maybe not to the extent that he did, and uh, and so I was called to the house, and then I I show up, and they're they're basically tell me that this person threw a wrought iron table across the backyard, mm. and uh, and I'm seeing fear in this this person's eyes, like I don't know who this is, like I know my son, but I don't know this person, and he basically just took a wrought iron table and threw it across our backyard. And so I'm thinking it's Goliath, right? I'm thinking some this is going to be a yoked out <laughs> yeah. dude, like some monster that I'm about to walk into. But uh, I mean, I've always been uh, a, a little bit foolish, maybe. It was like at the door, I'm like, challenge accepted. Let's walk in and see what we got, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I walk in, and without getting too many details, uh, we can talk about that more off air. But without getting too many details, basically ended up really fighting and causing some serious damage to this individual mm. for like three minutes until backup arrived. But there was, there was a look in his eyes that was, um, that was not one. I, well, I've only seen it one other time, you know, in somebody, uh, not in law enforcement in and in a whole different realm yeah. where I know that there was some real spiritual warfare going on with that person. And so it was the same look in this person's eyes. And so I didn't have, I don't, I can't say my, my, spirit witnessed against it what that was going on there or discern that there was some real uh but i think anytime there's a situation like that where you're seeking something to really uh fill the void that only god can you know Mm. that there probably is some seeking going on and there's there's potential for for a foothold for satan you know and so uh the look in his eyes was just like i mean it was crazy and so i know at one point you know I, i hit him with a knee to the side of the head Man. and he's, he's flying. I mean, he's about knock him about five foot away on this, on this tile floor. And he looks back at me with this look in his eyes and he's like a cat slipping. Like he's clawing at this tile floor to try to come back at me while he's still the momentum from the, from the hit is knocking him this way. Yeah. And I'm wow. like, Oh my goodness! What in the world is wrong with this person? You know, and then come to find out, you know what it actually was. But uh, I, I gradually throughout the process realized that he could not feel anything that was happening. And in fact, he was so exhausted at one point he was throwing up because he's physically his body knows that he's exerting way too much, but his it mentally just wouldn't shut off. And mm. so he's still trying. I mean, fighting like a madman, like I just unhuman like. Yeah, in in a way, but uh, but yeah, so that's like the only time I can really think of like a situation yeah. where I, I one of those type, you know, not as much like see evil, but just uh, just I mean, obviously evil, but not in a way where I see somebody who's looking to really cause physical harm. This was just right. uh, really surreal. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm. So we have a, a lot of young people 
that that watch this show. Uh-oh. And, uh, and like two year olds. <laughs> yeah, no, like, like my boys are watching zero. <laughs> 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 like they're not even born yet. They watch. Yeah. Um, it's called. It's a new. It's a new device called the YouTube's now. <laughs> 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 uh, the YouTube's. <laughs> the YouTube's. Um, but no, like you know, uh, mid er, uh, everything's young 20s, to me, man. 20s. Sure, yeah. So babies, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, and you know, like me and other people in the Bible studies and people watching, look at you. You have four. You have four sons, a wife, uh, a yeah. career. Beautiful wife. <laughs> Beautiful wife. I, I, <laughs> I, I have, I've never met her, so. Yeah. But uh, take my. Word I'm sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, a wife that you love. We know For that. For sure, a 100. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, went through sniper school. Uh, done all of these really cool, amazing things that yeah. you know o- people can only hope for sometimes. What is the biggest piece of advice you would have given to you? You would give to young people that are now are like we're really not into anything yet. We really haven't, yeah. you know. Most of us aren't married. Most of us don't have kids, and really aren't like established in a career path or like a life path right. at all. We're graduating college and we're just starting. Really, mm-hmm. like I- if you look back at your old self or just kind of with the atu- with the with the with the mind that you have now and the discernment, what, what, sure. is, what do, do we need to know? Yeah. So I've been super blessed, man. One of the, one of the most important things uh, that's been helpful in my life was to grow up in a Christian household, you know, and I know that not everyone's privileged uh, with that. And so, you know, before we, before we got to talking or maybe it was while the podcast started uh, Christian husband, father, police officer, mm-hmm. right. In that order is is the way I see my life. And so I think just a, an understanding of priorities early in life, um, mm. it would uh, would help align all the other things after that, you know. And so with Christ being your integration point, so all things flow through him. So it's not Christ first, me second. This It's Christ only. Everything's filtered through that, you know. Mm. And having that understanding is is huge. And if I would have gotten it earlier in life, you know, I feel I think I w- could have avoided some uh, deviation along the way. And um, and I don't regret the story that I have of my life. You know, some of the choices. Yeah, I wish they wouldn't have. I wish they weren't there. Yeah. Uh, but I know the Lord. Uh, what what I always say is is uh, what I've heard before is Satan sweats at the task of fashioning saints for the Lord. And so what Satan intended for evil, God used for good in my life to give me the story that I have that I'll be able to speak Mm -hmm. to others, you know. And so even though Satan was swinging his hammer in order to smash me, uh, God regulated his swing and moved me in such a way that it just refined me and knocked Mm -hmm. off certain parts. You know, he does it to all of us. And so uh, Satan sweats at the task of fashioning saints for the Lord that he tries to destroy us even at a young age, you know great book is is devil take the youngest by winky prattney mm. this talks about how he tries to ruin our childhood and get us to think that we need to grow up earlier you know beast whatever um and so i think just to just go back to what I, I should have been saying as i easily get sidetracked is um is having my priority straight and having god as my my priority first you know mm. and then after that so i think that that falls in line a lot with with being young men speak to young men for a second you know is that um, being a man of integrity 
and then um, being humble, which is a tough lesson to learn, you know, sometimes what I always say is life will teach you that lesson. If you choose not to teach yourself, the problem with life teaching you lessons is they often come at very high cost and mm-hmm. too late, right? And so life will teach you that lesson, but it's going to come at a high cost. And it's probably going to come too late mm-hmm. uh, for you. So it's better if you teach yourself or learn from others on how to be humble. So have real integrity. So be a man of God. Stay humble. And then have some self-motivation, you know. Uh, and so those three things are kind of the pillars which my young men, my my boys, you know, if I can have them grow up to be anything, it would be to be men of integrity, to love the Lord first and foremost, you know, and then to be humble and uh, not think too much of themselves. And then to, to be self-motivated, to have a work ethic, to be passionate, to be known as somebody who's going to put forth their best effort to whatever they do, you know. Mm. And I think you do, you do those things, there's no way not to succeed in life. You know, even if it's if it's, um, you know, separating coat hangers or whatever your first job. I don't know what it might be. Flipping bird, whatever it is. You know, I was throwing hay when I was a kid and milk cows and uh, pick corn all before I was of age to really get a job. And uh, those things taught me certain um, certain traits within myself on especially Mm -hmm. work ethic and how to earn my own and not think anything in life is going to be given to me. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that. That wasn't, uh, it wasn't weird to me that I had to earn things in life, you know, so that I was able to put forth the effort. But uh, those three things I would just reemphasize. Yeah. Integrity, yeah. being a man of God, having humility uh, instead of having to gain humility, you know, or else that's a tough lesson. Uh, and then, and then two is just think too about humility is, is what you, um, is if you're, you, fail to see a lot of the world if you're always looking down at yourself, you know, or in at yourself, you fail to see a lot of the world. And so uh, just take yourself focus off. And it's hard not to to want to do that nowadays, especially, you know, it's like what we have already talked about. So uh, and then just have some real self-motivation, yeah. put your everything you do, put all of yourself into it. Be known as somebody who can be dependable and hardworking and there's no way not to su- excel at life, yeah. you know. It's was a rarity nowadays, those things, those traits. Was, was there ever a time where you, like, you just didn't know where you were going to end up? Like, because I'm sure you didn't always think you were going to be detective, SWAT. Yeah. Like. Not at all. What, so I, I think, a lo- like, I, I run into a lot of times, like, I'll ask people, and, like, so, like, w- not necessarily, like, what is your five-year vision? I think that's, <coughs> I've come to the conclusion, I think that's pretty, like, futile sure. kind of like a five-year vision yeah what like is have like life? a six-month vision yeah you know like <laughs> that sounds good like especially with you know what we've learned in 2020 sure don't yeah. plan on anything really sure. like yeah too much uh except for what the lord has promised mm-hmm. that you will have <clears throat> and so yeah five-year vision i wouldn't recommend uh but when i ask people i'm like so wh- what do you love what what's your ambitions like what is this what is this a lot of people just don't know yeah like right now and it's either because they haven't tried a lot of things, you know, uh, one of the, like, I've been doing podcasts for over three years now, and I'm just now starting to really hone in to, like, the direction in which sure, I want to yeah. go. And so what I'm really thankful for is I tried a lot of different things. Like, I've tried this type of media. I've tried this, 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 and this. And just to see and feel it and... uh figure out you know what really grooves better and, and learn from experience yeah but 
like I think for the most part, and even myself, it's like there's so much unknown, and we kind of hate it. Right. We don't like that. We don't know, you know, who we're gonna marry, what mm-hmm. job we're gonna have, if we're gonna go overseas to missions, mm-hmm. or like if we're gonna end up being a pastor, or like just you know, working yeah. working a nine to five or whatever. Sure. We're like we have great dreams of like, oh, what could life be like, and mm-hmm. we're just kind of in this place right now. Where it's like you're still kind of under the authority of your parents, but you're like moving out of that and you have to like make some big decisions and it's just a whole lot of unknown. It's a whole lot of like insecurity. It's a whole lot of, uh, discovery. And I don't know, what what was your experience with that? I, I know you and Josh had, um, kind of similar testimony experiences. Yeah. We're punks. Yeah. (laughs) A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, but, uh, gee whiz. I know I it's so big. So, yeah, I can make this so long or try to try to encapsulate it real quick though. Uh, so yeah, I think that I so I grew up. Dad was was um, prior military and then a preacher, right? So pretty rigid um, at times. But I don't blame my dad for this or my parents. They did the best they knew how uh, with their understanding of who the Lord was, but mm. a, a mildly legalistic upbringing, you know. And uh, and so I, I I pushed back against that as as That's several preacher kids do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I pushed back against that a little bit because it was rules without relationship, right? So I had these rules like you can't do this. The Lord doesn't want you yeah. to. Do it. And so I didn't know the Lord. I knew about the Lord. You know, this goes back to a little bit of the whole Facebook thing. You really have this yeah. community. You know about these people or what they let you see of them. But I didn't really know who the Lord was. So I'm like without rule or with rules without relationship always lead to rebellion and then there's the opposite relationship yeah. without rules is just yeah not really relationship you know for sure yeah <laughs> by definition to have a relationship yeah. you're gonna have to have some boundaries you know uh and so uh like what well, oddly enough like the ten commandments if we're gonna yeah. be friends you shouldn't lie to me if we're gonna be <laughs> friends you shouldn't steal from me these weird things you shouldn't covet the things i have that's weird anyways you it's like the lord knew something yeah hey, I, I stole your wallet at the <laughs> beginning of this no, wait that's wrong yeah believe it or wait, not but that's not wrong to me sure like, yeah because I, that's what you feel i determine yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's what you feel right <laughs> yeah feelings are true descriptions of reality oh goodness where were we okay let's get back on track so so um so with me, I had this rigid, well, it, to me, what felt rigid at the time, you know. Yeah. Uh, my parents loved me but the best they knew how. A little bit of pushback against this. Uh, and then and then, along the way, learned what the Lord was really like, you know, and that he really was a personable God and that I could have a personal walk with him. And the, fl- the script flipped for me, you know. It became real, tangible. Um, it was like, you know, taste and see that the Lord is good. Not hear and see the Lord is good, but taste. I really mm. tasted it for myself, you know. And um, and so once I really tasted it and really met the Lord, encountered him in a real way, I mean, it, it changed everything. And so me, um, my own plans that I had for my life were thrown out the window. Like I, I really I had some some of my own ambitions. Yeah. I did, maybe not law enforcement for me. You know, I didn't think or I wasn't thinking about it at the time. But believe it or not, what I wanted to do, what I really felt like mentally, the Lord had given me the ability to do physically, the Lord I wanted to like be the dude who disappears into the military special mm. forces and have to change my name and, you know, just be one of those guys, like tip of the spear, the real tip of the spear, right. you know? <laughs> and so that's uh, intense. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, that's what I wanted to do my whole life. And I, I mean, I had been so passionate about it 
and uh, and then God acted like he was God or something and told me what I was going to do with my <laughs> life instead of what I want to do, right? And so as that began to happen, I, what I realized about the Lord was that he's, even though I may not get what I think is going to be my way, that it's, it's, he's so much better than what I thought he was, right? And his plan is so much better than what I thought, mm. it, than what I thought mine was. And so um, I, I think I may have said this, I don't know if I've said this to you before, but Walking with the Lord is a tough deal when you when you want to know what everything's going to look like, you know, like what's my life going to look like? What am I going to do? And and we want to be able to have the comfort of setting this stuff out. That's what's so worried about some right. of this whole COVID <laughs> thing is like, when's it going to end or when, you know, whatever. Um, but we want the comfort of being able to know what tomorrow's going to look like. And we're not, we don't know that. But the, the difference in walking with somebody who's really your friend, like with the Lord, is that uh, he doesn't do that. In fact, he, he does say it's futile, you know. He says, what is your life but a vapor? It's here today and gone tomorrow. It's like something you try to grasp the mist, but it disappears from your hand, you know. And so when you try to set your own plans, like you're really showing how foolish you are, but when you just trust the Lord, um, it's like my plans. I had all these these big plans to be effective in what I thought the ministry was going to look like for me, right. and the Lord made it look, it was something way different, but, but something that was actually a bigger deal to me because it was the guys who were right next to me. Anyways, but uh, the Lord is like this. You know, we want him to be, we want him just to, to give us our whole direction. This is what it's all going to look like. But the Lord's not, he's not like that. He's not, he's not that kind of a person. He's not somebody you pull over and say, hey, I need directions to Bailey's house. How do I get there? And, and he writes me, draws me a map and right. says whatever, you know. He, uh, he says, hey, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll jump in the car, and I'll tell you the, how to get there along the way. We'll, have, like, a good, we'll have a good yeah, talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you start talking, and you realize you miss a turn here or there or whatever, but he knows every way to get mm. there. So he's like, And you actually don't mind left. missing the turns because you can see something that yeah. you wouldn't have seen. or like yeah. For sure, yeah. You, you like, find oh, a new way. Stop, at, stop here real fast for a little bit. He's like, but, but I'm, like, I'm ready. I mean, right, we yeah. need to get there. <laughs> right, have you yeah. ever had like uh, been on a road trip where you're on a, like, I don't know, a lot of people have parents where they're like, we cannot stop to pee. Yeah. You know, four hours. <laughs> so I'm the old guy now. So when we go places, I'm like, hey, man, we got to pull over. I got to use the head, man. And they're yeah. like, what? You kidding me? Come on. <laughs> you old man bladder. I'm like, I'm sorry. So, yeah, I get it. You you have your, your plan of when what the time frame should look like. You just you know? got to be comfortable with peeing anywhere. Anywhere, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Large mouth bottles, pants. man. Gatorade <laughs> bottles. Yeah, Billy Madison if just you need to. Just trees, or, man. Yeah. On your friends. So, I we were made for the outdoor. <laughs> on your friends. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> yeah, come on. So, yeah. Peeing in the pool or peeing into the pool mm. location is important, mm. right? Right. Yeah. Peeing into the pool is way worse. Way worse. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about just do neither? Yeah. Agreed. Right. But yeah, but everybody yeah. pees in the pool. Let's be honest. I don't. <laughs> well, you don't go swimming much. Then. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh wait, you, he, that's actually true about Caleb though. Nailed he doesn't it, go swimming much. Detective. Um, yeah. So like, but that's a, it's a hard thing to do. Yeah. When things are going wrong, and you're in the dark. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, how do you hope in that God does have your best interest in mind, or like, it's it's sometimes not even like, do we believe that God has the best interest in mind? But sometimes we're like, is he just kind of not stepping in right now yeah. or or what is the balance like that's my thing is like what is the balance of 
me walking and him guiding, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And me choosing and then submitting to the, to the will. Yeah. So there's this cool thing when you, when you start to be a cop, you know, you get into law enforcement and then you get into patrol and, uh, you have what's called an FTO field training officer. Right. Mm. And, um, let's say day one, you hop in the car and of course you just came out of the Academy head full of knowledge. You, you think, you know, everything (laughs) about policing. Right. And, uh, and then a call drops, and it's 15 minutes away. It's a it's a major priority one call, which means it's lights and sirens. You're getting there. And so you take off. You're ready to go, but you don't really know the area. You don't really know where you're going. Mm. And so uh, it's easy to listen to my FTO at that point because I know that he knows best, right? It's when I begin to think that I know best that it makes that hard, that process hard. But when I know, hey, this dude's got more experience. He's got he's so when we begin when we begin to become successful at any part in our life, mm-hmm. we start to attribute that attribute that success to ourselves, and I think that we we rob God of that glory, you know. And so when we can keep our our parallax again goes back to it, we can keep that focus right. And know that if we have any success, anything this side of heaven or anything this side of hell. <laughs> is a blessing right it's yeah. god's mercy and graciousness yeah. uh then it keeps that in perspective so it's easy for me to trust him when i know at this point i'm like i want to get there but i know i'm not gonna i'm i'll go fast but i'll i'll be late if i don't listen to him mm-hmm. at this point you know but there's also times along the way where he wants me to be confident he wants to build my confidence and so he may hold off on telling me exactly where to turn a little bit down the road mm-hmm. call hits and he's like I'm going to let Jones see that he knows what he's doing here a little bit. I'll build his confidence. If not, then I can, I'm here so I can redirect him. But as long as he's doing it in a, in a safe manner, there's no reason for me to stop him. Even if I fully don't agree with that decision, being a training officer myself at one point, you know, even if I fully don't agree with that decision, as long as it's not way off, if it's not a major deviation, then I'll let him learn along the way. And he, he's going to become better for it by doing it himself. Mm. As long as he understands that, he can't take all the credit for it, you know, mm-hmm. as long as you don't start to become prideful in that and think that, you know, you really don't need help at that point. Uh, yeah. I was just thinking about like through that, this idea of glorifying God, like we, we, t- we say that a lot, glorify God, glorify God. Like the purpose of our lives is to glorify God. Glor- but I was like, dang, like God is so cool. Cause like glorifying God is almost like a, it's, a mercy on us mm-hmm. yeah. because we can't handle that glory. He knows that the glory is only rightfully placed within him mm-hmm. and anywhere else that glory is placed, it will destroy that thing that the glory is placed on. Yeah. It'll ruin it. Yeah. It's crazy because we're like, Oh, well God doesn't want me to have the glory. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like God is trying to restrict me. That's what we think. And then it's like, wait, no, God's trying to, preserve me yeah yeah (laughs) protect you yeah those things man yeah it's just like i so (laughs) funny thing i had to do this year that i've i I mean i thoroughly enjoyed it but it was like you know it's like if i had hair i would rip my hair out you know at times (laughs) but i got to coach my my five-year-old's football flag football team right it's like herding cats man it's just wild Mm. but the whole time you're talking to these kids you're like (laughs) you want to they're you're you like, wa- I mean, you're on the field. You're basically holding their hand through the play. Snap the ball. You're going to hand to this person. Right. And they take off. And without 
walking them around the field by their jersey, you just let them run, right? But the problem is lots of these kids don't understand the boundaries of the game, mm-hmm. and so they just run out, <laughs> run out of bounds or whatever. You're like, dude, come on, you have to understand. So you have to like explain all the time this is the sidelines you can play here you can't play out here play here mm-hmm. can't play out here or this is why you can't block your flag or this is why because if you block their flag they're going to block the fl- these rules believe it or not are set up not to not because the coaches are trying to be a fun nazi right because mm-hmm. they're actually trying to ha- allow you to have the most fun right. and if you play within these rules life is going to be more fun than if you tried the shortcut mm-hmm. because there's this thing called fair is going to pop up, right? Well, that's mm. not fair. That's not right. right. And so how you, where do you even get that first off, right? Where do you even get this concept of fairness? Mm. Uh, we know it's from the Lord, but, yeah. but so yeah, lots of times in life you're like, I mean, it's the, it's the things that, that we feel like the Lord's restrictive at times, but mm. really he set, he set the perfect plan for us mm. to exactly the best way for us to live life. And if we veer off that course, then it's not, we're not going to have life lived as fully as we could if we mm. would listen to him you know so and it's go, a tough balance and easy for kids but yeah going in and or, or staying inside of the boundaries is kind of like one of those bigger rules mm-hmm. it's like like we know that's a rule like that's a big obvious rule right. but it's like the without that rule you don't have a game yeah yeah and for so sure. it's like as you okay you learn okay you stay inside the boundaries okay you learn you can't go off sides you learn you know how to hike the ball and who right. throws it to who, who can, you know, go in motion, whatever. Then you start to refine more and more. And now mm-hmm. you're learning, okay, plays. Mm-hmm. Now you're learning, how can I advance mm-hmm. the my abilities in this little right, bit more? Right, That's, yeah, I yeah. think, a good analogy for the sanctification process. Sure, it's yeah. like not necessarily that God wants to, like, only rid you of all your sin, but he wants to make you holy which yeah. I think is even a, a deeper concept than we think of just like cleaning us off. Oh it's yeah, like he wants yeah. to refine those parts of our hearts that look like him. Right. And that's incredible. Dude, yeah. His yeah. His his sanctification process is uh is so gracious too, you know? Like he's so he really is slow to anger mm. <laughs> and and gracious and patient and uh I just remember, like, I, well, I do this is with, with young cops lots of times, is uh, I'll be training them or whatever, or just see a young cop if I'm, if I'm not training, just kind of from the, the perspective I have now, especially as a detective or whatever, and seeing these young guys do some stuff, and yeah. I'm like, dude, you are so stupid. How do you, <laughs> how long have you been doing this, and why don't you have it down by now? I mean, I'm not saying this to yeah, him, but yeah. I'm thinking it in my own head. and Because uh, it's life or death. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's real like real consequences for sure, for sure. And in some of these circumstances, maybe not, not as much, but but for sure, yeah. I'm like, but that's the mindset, right, right. And uh, I realize, you know, that um, it's not like you're just being a butt just because it's like, yeah, hey yeah. man, well, like, maybe you sometimes know. I am, you know, <laughs> just to be, yeah, stay real. But um, but what I realize is, um, I'm grateful God's not that way with us. You know, He's so patient, and then walking with the Lord, even. Um, I'd see guys walking with the Lord, and then uh, at one point in my life, uh, the Lord was doing a lot more in my heart than I knew how to really process in my head. And so I came into a prayer meeting, and I could kind of really discern where a lot of these guys were at, I felt like, Mm. and uh, see some things that they're struggling with. And um, I felt like the Lord was showing me this so I could confront them about it. Mm. And so I went to somebody Praise God, who's a lot more wiser than me, you know, 
uh, Eli Gotro, and I started to tell him exactly what was going on. He's like, yeah, the Lord really could be showing you that so you could call him out, or he could be showing it to you so that you would know how to pray more purposefully for those people, you know? And um, he's like, because if you think about it, you know, how long have you been walking with the Lord? Yeah. And I was like, uh, you know, 22 years mm-hmm. or whatever. And he's like, see, so it took you, you got this stuff pretty quick, didn't you? And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, you're right. I'm kind of just now getting it. And I've been, I mean, I grew up in a Christian household, you know? And yeah. I'm like, you're right, Eli. Yeah, I'm not. And he very graciously t- showed me I'm being a little bit hypocritical in the fact that I'm wanting these dudes who've been walking with the Lord for a semester to somehow <laughs> act like, you know, somebody who really gets it when yeah. I've I had the opportunity of knowledge of really knowing who the Lord is. And it took me really like 22 years of my life for it to really click. Mm. Uh, and so how how I forgot how gracious the Lord was with me and how patient he was with me. And so, uh, yeah, it's just it's how quickly we forget that for ourselves, you know. Yeah. So, so how do we let the <coughs> Lord do those things in our heart that we don't even mentally understand that he's doing? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's tough. I think it, I think some of it would have come with humility had I had it at the time, you know, um, that uh, that if I would have not thought that I knew what was best so often and uh, thought that my if I knew better than my my dad knows or my parents know or whatever else, you know, uh, not to say even our parents always get it right. But I, I thought they never got it right, you know. <laughs> yeah. And so. uh so, so just to be more humble, I think that I could have understood that rightly and then just really trying to really listen to the Lord for what, for who he is, not what he could provide me. Mm-hmm. was probably a big deal at the time, you know, that uh, that I, I thought the Lord was there just to kind of uh, increase the quality of life for me, not necessarily to really be of some relational benefit. Right. And so understanding those things really, really helped me change it all up versus... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, on the surface, just knowing about God, it's almost really hard to surrender or trust to surrender somebody you really don't know. So, yeah, I think without a real relationship. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, it's a tough deal without really getting, getting to know the person. So, yeah. 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 Okay. New rapid fire ca- question, Caleb. All right. I have it. I don't know if you know it. I it's, How it's would gonna, I know it? It's going to sound cliche as heck, but I think we're going to get some good stuff in here. All right. Favorite book of the Bible and why? And there might be multiple, but like, sure. what's your favorite? Yeah. So, man, I really like James. Mm. I really like James. I feel like he's a little bit of a drill sergeant, you know. Uh, at times, he speaks truth in a way that's kind of like, I feel like he'd be a SWAT dude, you know. Nowadays, he'd be like, guys, like, you're a fool if you're not if you're just a hearer <laughs> of the word and not a doer, you know, like talks about controlling the tongue and how it's mm-hmm. a, it's a tough task to do, you know. Um but but he also talks about, you know, um he he talks about just just think when I try to think of like Elijah was a man just like us, but this fervent prayer that he put in and so he brings he brings things to be tangible for everybody too, you know. So mm-hmm. like he he says this stuff is really tough, but, you know, in even the what is your life but a vapor, all this stuff is like, James is just a beast, you know. So I, I really appreciate the book. I like it a lot. Uh, there's obviously a ton of good books. I love how Ephesians talks about 
the role of love and marriage and stuff like that. But if I had to pick one, like New Testament, it would probably be James for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> so like on that note, you, you mentioned your dad was yeah. like old military and you know, there's this whole kind of debate or like ideas of nature and nurture and, and uh, free will and choice mm-hmm. and, yeah. and all of this. And, and a lot of times we fight against, you, you even said they're always wrong. Like we kind of fight mm-hmm. against who, like especially as men, like who our dad was. We're like, I'm never going to be like yeah, that. Yeah. Like what was that balance for you? Because you seem to kind of like have that in your blood a little yeah. bit. You know, this yeah. like, I, I would say, yeah, this kind of a disciplined mindset, this like probably not in this, not in the same way as like a, like an old school drill sergeant, but right. like, no, yeah, kind I of th- a, I think I follow what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I mean, I, I guess I, you know, for, for the same reasons I hated it, I guess I appreciated it though, too, because I can look, well, I can even see myself kind of emulating some of my dad and the way I discipline my boys and I want them to be, mm. I just know that, uh, it's just such, such a lack of, um, of really, there's, there's too many boys who are coddled nowadays. And so you see what I know is, is, is the line that we're, that soft times create soft men, hard times create hard men, right? Hard men create soft times, soft times. create. So there's like this cycle, unfortunately, that goes, and I think we have a a lot, we have guys who have walked through some real hard times and they wanted to make it easier on their boys. And so with good intention, they've made softer times for their boys with then has developed softer men. So now we have like, you know, these hard times we're having to walk through because we have so so many men who are soft and just don't yeah. know how to be, uh, just how to be thick skin, how to take criticism rightly, sure. how to just to be, just to be tough and manly and uh, even attack on masculinity, you know? Yeah. And so <clears throat> I saw, I think I can see the balance of what was beneficial to me at the time. And then uh, thank God because I have, I've had, uh, the guys I've read and other people that I've been around, I, I feel like I have a way to articulate it a little bit more clearly to my boys. Mm. And so, yeah, there's, there's, there is, um, there's so some kind you, of dichotomy there. How do you sure. balance that with like, act, like, you know, there's, there's, there's the coddling and then there's loving, mm-hmm. you know, how, how is discipline for you and, and your boys like balanced in that way? Yeah. So I think mainly it's, it's, um, the, the understanding of earning something, you know, like nothing in life is going to be given to you. Not even life is going to be fair. Mm. And so when having four boys, you know, the tendency is want to, if I give one a red sucker, I need to give every one of them a red sucker, you know, or they're going to have to fight. And sometimes conflict's all right. And sometimes it's not (laughs) something, maybe sometimes boys will be boys in this aspect and they need to learn how to have proper conflict flicked resolution between themselves without dad always stepping in mm. to make it easy. I need to make it easier. I don't, you know, and I think, uh, especially a lot of times because maybe the, the self-imposed, um, uh, mindset of thinking that you have to be this perfect parent, you know, mm. is that I, I, I could discipline my, I could over-discipline my kids because I don't want to be embarrassed in public versus them really, right. you, you know, just the being kids. Yeah. Yeah, my motive could be way off in that. And so I discipline them when it's best for them, for sure. They still don't act a fool in public, but uh, at least I hope not. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I just, I, I, we let them fight it out at times. We stop things before they get way out of hand. Yeah. 
but uh, but just teaching them the what it means to earn something. Like and a little octagon and nothing is free in life. <laughs> something like that. Yeah, we just throw throw some pillows down in a square and yeah, and, my uh, one boy has got out. the McGregor left hand. <laughs> get one boxing glove and just figure it out. So no, but this this actually like transitions in as we you know kind of wrap up a little bit more here is that yeah. into something I I didn't think I was gonna bring this up but kind of what I believe is probably the pr- prime problem in our society right now. There's a lot of different things, but when you look down at the the root of it, I think a lot of it comes down to c- complacent men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in the sense of like not following the Lord. So yeah. you, you have men who don't want to step up in integrity. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're not living according to the morality of God. Right. So they're being sexually immoral, which True. leads to uh, having kids outside of marriage, which leads to fatherlessness, which leads to, you know, uh, growing up on the streets and learning from, you know, the gangs yeah. and, and all this stuff. And, and, uh, and, and also leads to human trafficking and, like, you know, all all of these problems that are yeah. centered in this lack of morality mm-hmm. um, and being an, an officer, you kind of have a front row seat here in 2020 to kind of the, the test of the times, right? Which is happening mm-hmm. uh, where we're kind of seeing this, like uh, this years and years of fatherlessness yeah. and this lack of responsibility Mm-hmm. <coughs> taking effect on society itself and this this lack of responsibility for objective morality right so really really when it comes down to it the way that i see it like have been looking at it and thinking about is it comes down to sexual morality yeah and it, there's all this other sinful stuff wrapped around but whenever you don't align with God on that it just causes a whole world of problems that then people like you have to like kind of hold together the mm-hmm. fabric of what's happening have you yeah. you know w- what is your take on that right now kind of seeing it firsthand sure I think it's huge um yeah I think so just the the whole idea of what you just talked about right there has been a huge passion of mine that's why I kind of started this whole Instagram page of Tier One Dads is to to try to teach men how to be men and fathers to be good fathers, and it's such a need today, you know. And I think that um, the the identity is a lot of what's what's trying to be figured out, you know. So and you got young men who don't really know, uh, they don't really know the Lord, you know, and so they don't really have an idea of who they are. They don't they they're seeking some kind of of acceptance or fulfillment or salvation, mm-hmm. if you will, you know, right. really ultimately is what they're seeking. But they need this, they need somehow this fulfillment, which is, I, th- I think what we, what you said is you see as a byproduct or as a symptom is a sexual immorality, right? They need this fulfillment to, to so they can feel good about who they are, so they know who they are because mm-hmm. they don't know who they are in the Lord, right? And so they're looking for this identity uh, to be who they are, and man, I, I have to be have to be accepted by her. I need to build myself up by seeking fulfillment in this, and oftentimes, unfortunately, that's where it's sought out is in mm, females, you sure. know, because there's also this desire in in them to have this fulfillment and cared for and be appreciated and, and desired. And sure, there's all these selfish desires that we have as men that are the same thing, you know, and this idea of accomplishing and and um, and, uh, and and completing a task and and uh, and 
I think that 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 whole mindset is is us as men just gets us sidetracked to where unless you know who the Lord says you are, and unless you feel like you're that, unless you get that value in your life, you're always going to be seeking that value from something else. Mm. And so, uh, the problem is you you can't just have somebody tell you that hey, you're loved. The Lord cares about you. You're loved and you're valued. You have to believe it, mm-hmm. right? It has to be real to you. And once it becomes real to you, then you won't need you won't need that from anybody else. You won't need that acceptance. You won't need that that um, that validation or affirmation or anything else from somebody else because you know who you are, and uh, and it allows you to feel to be in the role that you should be in. So mm-hmm. it's like even when you 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 think about um, people struggling with or even their own sexuality, is this idea of I don't really know who I am because mm-hmm. the Lord is not. You've not listened to the Lord when He said, "This is who you are, right? This is who you are, Ryan. This is who you are, Bailey. This is who you are, Caleb." And you believe him and you trust him in that, and so you 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 have that fulfillment because you know who you are at that point, you know. Yeah. And so uh, I think without that, you you always have these people seeking it, but it has to be real to you. So you you think I think like t- I'm gonna mention Tim Keller again. You know, he says something that that uh, he tells a story about a girl who basically uh, she's she's coming to him and she's like, hey, you know, I don't I can't get a date, and she's like this little, I mean pimple face, uh, drooly braces girl, you know, I can't get a date, snot nose girl, like I can't get a date. Um, and uh, nobody likes me. And so Mm. Tim Keller's like to console her and he's being honest, he means it and it's true. But he says, listen, don't worry about boys. The Lord loves you and he cares about you and you're such a big deal to him. You're beautiful to him. Mm. You're all these things. And he tells her this, think, hoping it's going to have this impact, you know. Right. And she looks at him, and she's like, yeah, but what good is that if I can't get a date? And so what he realized is you really didn't get it. <laughs> because if you got it, it would change your world. It would change your life, mm-hmm. you know. And then so you think of, like, the, the movie Chariots of Fire. I don't know if you've seen that before. It's, like, got one of the greatest soundtracks of all time. Okay. Uh, so anyways, Chariots of Fire. Yeah, Chariots it. of Fire. It's about this guy named Ellie. Anyways, so he's uh, he's he's a, he's a sprinter. And he bumps into this other guy, and uh, he's he's the guy's like real solemn, and they're about to go out in the Olympics and run, and uh, the guy's real just sitting there, and you can tell something's up with him, and he goes up to him, he's like, "Hey man, what's wrong?" You know, and the guy's just kind of like gives a big sigh and looks at him and says, "I basically have ten seconds or less to define my purpose in this world, and I'm not sure I can do it, because mm-hmm. if he's not a runner, who is he? Right? That's his whole identity has been." encompassed in what he's done not who he is mm-hmm. and so that's where his salvation comes from that's where his meaning in life comes from that's where so i think that guys try to find their fulfillment i gotta have i gotta be this at my job or i have to have this title or i have to have this car or i have to have this girl or i have to have whatever they still haven't listened to the lord and when he's told them you were you're purposeful you're mm-hmm. awesome you're a man you're this this is who you are this is what i want you to do in life and you really get that that's who he says you are. You don't need that validation from anybody else. You don't need it from public. You don't need it from your social media. You don't need it from a podcast, anything else, because yeah. you know who the Lord says you are, you know? So I think until men, young men, can get the understanding of this is who the Lord says you are, which is try to, I try to ingrain that in my boys. Mm. If this is who the Lord says you are, you'll be dealing with questions about your sexuality, about your career path, about all these things, until you really hear the Lord tell you 
you're his mm. and how much meaning you have and know what that means to get that from the creator of all the universe, right? Mm. If you if you get who's telling you that, who cares what John down the road thinks or what Susie next door thinks or any of this right. stuff, you know, uh, or my coworkers think, you know, I'm, I do what I do for the Lord. I don't care if it's cleaning toilets. I do it for the Lord because I, I work as unto the Lord, you know, not right. not unto men. So, yeah. And I, I think that comes as the Lord becomes more and more real to you. As sure. his reality is adopted yeah. into your worldview, it becomes more and more real. And you, you start to do accordingly because if you don't live in that reality, it's almost like, well, I'm like saying I believe this and I want to live this certain way. But like all everything I'm seeing is lack, 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 lack. I don't have this. Mm-hmm. I don't have that. Um, and so I think like like kind of what we've said throughout this, it's it's not trying to catch up with right, life right it's actually waking up and actually just like needing and knowing you need to mm-hmm. drink from the water yeah. of living or the life living water <laughs> the the water. well of living water yes yeah. so it's like yeah i mean it's it's if you look at me there's no way you would say i got there in a day i'd yeah. be insulted if you could do it in a day right be like, Wait you grew that beard in a day yeah no <laughs> It got this short in a day. I had to trim it. I used to, anyways. So, uh, yeah, but it's it's an insult. Nothing that, that is worth it comes easy, you know. We have a, a rigid, I mean a rigid selection for our SWAT team, you know. Mm. Talk to SWAT teams around the country as we have, and they're like, you guys do that? What in the world? Like, it's it's a, a small tryout, shooting qualification, and whatever else, and you're on our team. And ours, uh. it's like a, it's a kick in the pants, dude. It's like. 48 hours in the woods after a PT test, after a shooting qualification, after a uniform inspection. I mean, it's, 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 you earn it. But after you're done with it, you're like, dude, I've accomplished something. You know what I mean? And so, uh, but it didn't come in a day. You have guys who thought they could game it and they showed up for SWAT selection thinking, I can just do this. Or I want it a little bit. And they fall off because it's, it's too hard unless you're really committed, you know? Uh, and so walking, I don't want, I don't want to give people the false notion that walking with the Lord is easy. It's tough, you know, and believe it or not, it's going to cost everything. Mm. But all I think about dude is the guy who is called a fool for selling all he had to buy this treasure in a field, you know, like when you like call me foolish, homie, (laughs) but wait till I buy this field that's got treasure in it, you know? So it's hard for people to see, uh, and it was buried treasure, you know? So you think like, and the world may not see the value in it, but if once you once you catch on to it, it's going to cost you everything, but you'll sell it with joy. I gave up my plans about going into special forces and all this other stuff mm-hmm. when I really saw who the Lord was, you know, and I'm like, I don't care what I end up doing in life. I'm going to follow you because you're worth it. And so when people can see the worth of the Lord and then when that worth is translated to him telling you who you are and you get that worth back, mm-hmm. it's like you'll do anything, you know. And so, yeah, it definitely doesn't happen in a day. It takes a process, selection. Walking with the Lord is a never-ending process. Every day you wake up, that's why it's called daily bread. You know, you try to store away yesterday's blessings from the Lord. Man, I read the Bible this week. I'm good for five more days. Yeah. All right, let me know what that's like next time you go to the range and try to qualify without shooting for five. You know what I mean? These things that correlate so well uh, together is, I mean, you, you and... It's just a foolish thing to do anyways, man. No relationship works like that, you know? I, would, I wouldn't I would think that I could just not talk to my wife for five days if I say I love her. Why do know? we want it to work like that? 
Because I guess it's easier. It's not. It's because we can't see the now. I mean, listen, mm-hmm. dude, we're a generation who, if the internet takes more than two minutes, we're like this busted internet, or <laughs> we need five G, and why can't I just think about it and it happen, or you know, I can't, I can't. That's it, why TikToks. I mean, it just goes so quick. Everything's anyways. Ah. So uh, yeah, we're we're a a. I would say J.G. Wentworth, but you probably don't even know who that is. But there's this old commercial that back in the day. It was like, it's my money and I want it now. Mm-hmm. I don't want to wait this mm-hmm. longer. Anyways. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it's it's a it's a J.G. Wentworth, like, culture. I it's that. I want I'm it now. I'm a 90s now. baby. There you go. Okay. All right. I was, was selling you short. The tail end. Tail so end. It, yeah. It's, uh, 97. Come it's on. a quick, <laughs> I need it now, fast food. Give it. To, we don't, we're not willing to put in the investment because it's hard for us to understand how it's going to pay off. Yeah. Or or we need the shine now, you know, and, and if we don't have it now, what's it worth? Yeah, okay, I get you tell me it's worth it, but mm. what if I can't get a date right now? It's not, you know, so. That's that's the hardest thing, right? It's <laughs> it's uh, it's accepting the fact that, like, later might be better. Delayed gratification. I try to, I mean, that's a big thing to teach my boys, too, which is. That the investing for the payoff, you know, like nothing in life is going to come without you earning it. And this idea of delayed gratification that you walk with the Lord and you may not get the reward now, but later it'll be worth it, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, and the investment of ev- even like the whole SWAT thing, you know, you put in all this time, you train, you train, you train, you may never get the big mish, you know, mm-hmm. may never get the big one that you want to go on. But if it comes, you know. So let me. I'm gonna read a quote yeah, real quick, dude. Just, I just oh, you had some just, notes. Let's now these notes are just. This is my my SWAT lesson notes, oh, man. I just have them up. Yes. But I, I want to read this one quote that's like it's pretty legit, and it's by Sir Winston Churchill, and it says, "To each there comes a time in life, a special moment when they are figuratively tapped on the shoulder and offered a chance to do a very special thing, unique to them and fit for their talents. What a tragedy!" If at that moment it finds them unprepared or unqualified for that which could have been their finest hour. And so mm. imagine not putting in the work, but getting that moment that the Lord's like, I put, I gave you this right. drive, this whatever. And you could have had, if you would have put in the time, here's what you would have had. And the moment comes and you're not prepared or you're unfit, you know. Mm. And it's not like you couldn't. You just chose not to invest in what was worth it. It's like, bah, man, that's the worst. As as men, yeah, dude. As men, we couldn't rise to the occasion. Mm-hmm. We couldn't protect. We couldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the idea of protection, like protecting, like preach. <laughs> I, I, why why do <laughs> yeah. we love that so much? It's like ingrained into us. Not all men, sure, but like for me specifically, I love the idea of like. I my the way my brain works I think it's similar to like a SWAT team guy or something like sure, that yeah, obviously yeah. without the training but I always like I know like when I walk into a room I know what's behind me I can mm-hmm. visualize it in my head yeah I meet like if pressure comes I know how to either get out of there if we need to get out of there I am ready to like if I I love like walking around like I think one of the uh the most missed out on things ever is like back before you get a car and you're like in middle school or like freshman year of high school and you have to walk everywhere mm-hmm. and you're like dang when i get a car when we get a car we're gonna be rolling in style but then you realize when you get a car 
you get everywhere so fast and it's just one point to another without like really seeing what's in between and i love just exploring and walking around so if there's like a you know bobcat or something that pops out i'm like ready in fighting stance (laughs) because and and that's mainly like with myself too but mainly when i'm with a group of people i'm like we're good because i have put in the work like i do mixed martial arts i'm like i know wherever we go i'm going to be capable of protecting this thing and it's like then you you take that a certain further like when you learn a craft when you learn mixed martial arts you walk with a new level of confidence right and the world changes right to you. yeah. you're like wait this is weird i'm walking like i'm looking at things differently like this is not intimidating this is like right then you mix that with the love of God and the assurance of eternal life that he gives us the assurance yeah. of like revival. And you're like, wow, like what am I truly afraid of? And that's what I felt throughout this coronavirus thing. I know people are, hate on me if you want. Like, sure. I'm the same. I'm with you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I have not been afraid a single time. And oh, you're not the dude. That is the tactic right there. Yeah. It's because like you said, you care more about uh, your partner or your team yeah. protecting their lives than really your own, right? Sure. So it's in us to protect the people around us. Right. And then when you t- say, hey, it's not actually about you, but y- if you don't be responsible, right. then you're going to kill all your grandparents. Right, like, right. And, it's, and that's when it comes down on you. I, I don't mean to get into all this political stuff but just yeah (laughs) safety is such a luxury anyways you know what i'm saying so yeah i think uh yeah i'm with you i I mean yeah we're we're it's just a weaker a weaker mindset in a way you know Mm -hmm. not everybody has the the privilege of of just being able to shut stuff down and whatnot you know what i'm saying so it's like when we're freed by god we are able to like actually experience and actually journey for sure you yeah know, go down that journey yeah but yeah there's so much to say about all that ryan jones man you're a man of god likewise you're cool um i could probably out snipe you though let's just sure. be honest yeah. <laughs> he just says that was he looks at me with so much confidence <laughs> just true <laughs> on call of duty yeah, oh, you kill me on Call of Duty. Yeah, my boy's tearing me up with that <laughs> game. Just has to make that um, specific caveat. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's true though. Like, like when it comes to Call of Duty, like that was my game in middle school, and yeah. I'm still good at it. Like, I'm a, I'm a freaking G at it. I'm not even like gonna, like tone that down. And like, well, like every once in a while, like I don't even have a system because I, I literally cannot get myself to spend the time to like play video games yeah that's good like especially by yourself but when someone has it i'm like oh i'm with someone it's a community it's a different yeah yeah. aspect Mm -hmm. but when someone's like hey like you want to get like smacked in call of duty i'm like no you're literally gonna lose (laughs) like it's it's like they all (laughs) they all say that (laughs) they all say that so that's what i felt from you i'm like yeah Right. That's the defeat right there. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. Do you want to pray us out of here? Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'd love to, man. That would be awesome. Love to. Lord, I just thank you for the opportunity to be here and just to uh, just to dig into you and uh, to not be ashamed to talk about you as men and um, and just to uh, to speak just transparently 
about who you are and who we desire you to be in our own lives, Lord God. And I pray that as, as we're just here, just, just chopping it up and just talking to one another, that some semblance of truth and some benefit to others is, is able to be, uh, Lord, just teased out of this, that, that somebody else's life can be affected in the way that, that you've affected mine, for sure, mm-hmm. Lord God, in the way that I can see that you've affected Bailey's, Lord. And I just pray that, um, that given all the stuff that we covered, Lord, that there's truths that can reach out to uh, several different individuals. And uh, I just pray a special prayer for men, Lord God, that you help us to be men that are honoring to you, that we're not men of fear, because you do not give us a spirit of fear, Lord God, but a truth and a sound mind. And so we, I pray that we seek you rightly, that we seek you honorly uh, in a way that's honoring, and we can uh, be the men that you want us to be so that we can be the protectors that you call us to be in the world and uh, and the women even around us can can be exactly who you've called them to be, Lord God, that when we fulfill our role rightly, all the other roles fall into place, Lord. Uh, and so let us not neglect the call that you have for our lives. Give us, Lord, integrity. Help us to be men that walk after you. Help us to walk in humility and give us a motivation to throw ourselves fully into what you ask us to do, Lord God. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, Ryan, thank you again for coming on the show. Dude. Everybody that's watching, thank you so much for watching. Uh, what's what's that Instagram profile that you made? Yeah, uh, it's Tier One Dads. So it's at Tier One Dads with an S. Tier so one dads. yeah, I think it's like Tier underscore one underscore dads maybe i don't know we'll link it up we'll link it yeah up link the, it up the, dude on so video yeah um but thank you guys for watching if you liked this episode make sure to share it with a friend especially if they're going to minister if they're, it's going to minister to them this is a evangelistic tool that you can use feel free to spread our platform like seriously because we're here to yeah. equip more christians um second thing second <laughs> is createdcurious.com it's coming soon we're having a blog Ooh. so i've been writing and we're gonna have uh actually more stuff than just a blog on there coming soon caleb's got a book that Look we're gonna out. Come. and so we're gonna put that on there as well but that's coming probably by next week so you can look for that createdcurious.com for some good uh encouraging writings so Thank you guys for watching. Thank you, Ryan, for coming on. Thank you, Caleb, on the computer. Always. The wizard. Uh, We love you guys. And again, share this with a friend. Um, Later. Out.